Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm supposed like to take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. How they run, homie? Look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. All right. So, okay, this will be the last podcast we're doing till Christmas. Excited to spend some time with you guys. Home team, Adam, Tom Bizdock, and Vinny in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Malik is here as well. It's great to have you, Malik. Fantastic. <laughs> it's always great to have Malik here with us. The real Malik. Uh, look, uh, uh, a lot's been going on. It's been a crazy uh, minute here. I think Zelensky is going to talk today to Congress or something like He's that. He's coming to meet Biden. We Big have a Twitter. Musk announced he's stepping down as CEO. He's looking for a CEO crazy enough to run Twitter. We'll talk about that. Uh, more stuff coming out from Twitter files. What else is it? Black Adam, apparently they're not mm-hmm. renewing uh, this new guy named James. Uh, uh, what's his name? James Gunn. I think his name is James Gunn. He's not uh, uh, bringing in uh, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne. And they're saying some of this stuff is he, he, rock cost Henry, uh, how do you say his last name? Cav- uh, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, Cavill. His job, Superman. There's a lot yeah. of. Oh, no, my bad, my bad, wrong guy. Yeah, uh, Jim so Cavill. You, talk got, a you got bit. Wells Fargo paying another multi-billion-dollar fine. Argentina, everything that's going on there. Yeah, what happened? With, something big happened with Argentina last week. They, they did uh, something good. They won Some, the World they, Cup. They did they, something. Yeah. They something won happened. The, the soccer tournament. And, yeah, and it's and good. Messi almost. Got his head chopped off because he was on top of a uh, the, tor- the bus and they hit a telephone pole. You know, wire. So, you know, it's the craziest record he broke. Like, there's well, so many records he broke, but he broke the record for the most liked post ever on Instagram. And mm. the previous record was holder was and, Ronaldo, and, and, oh, from really? 45 yes. million to 64 million wow. likes his post. That is insane to get that big of a number. We'll talk about that. Something's going on with Epic Games. Agrees to pay. $520 million over FTC investigations into Fortnite privacy violations. Tom's got some content on that. Bad people. Disney stock on its way to its worst year since 1974 after Avatar's sequel disappoints. And a little bit of it has to do with uh, China. Cuban had a few things to say about uh, 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 Elon Musk. Twitter's new guidelines won't allow certain promotions. That's pissing a lot of fans off on Twitter. Anyways, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But uh, uh, let's. You know, you know, there was some big news overnight that I found out. What's that? What's this? I mean, I can't believe everything that I see on Facebook, especially what's going on these days. But allegedly, it's someone's birthday today. Allegedly, it is your sister's birthday. What is this? Paulette. Is it Paulette's birthday? Is it not? That, is this fake news? Today's Paulette's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, right. Paulette. Happy birthday. Paulette's birthday. I yes. saw this pop up on Facebook. I said, is this real? Pat, you should text her right now. I'm like, we're live and we're giving you a freaking yeah. birthday. We're going to sing Tavalot, Tavalot, and Farsi. Hey, she's actually watching right now. So Amazing. Really? We're going to no, sing Tavalot. I love her. Every time I see Paulette. Teach me that. What is hey, that? Hey, uh, Paulette, happy. everybody yeah. here live has got something to say. Go hey, ahead. Hey, Paulette. Happy birthday. I saw it on Facebook. That's happy birthday in Farsi for all you people. Happy nice. birthday, Paulette. I will see you in two hours at the airport. Every but. time I see Paulette, every time she says the same thing, you're growing on me. You're growing on me. <laughs> I, I love said, her. She's, I said, she's just dope. next thing she's you dope. know, like a bacteria, algae, I'm just going to okay, take over. Where do we want to well, go? Actually, where do Adam, we that's go? what she says when she doesn't want to curse. But anyway. yeah. Hmm. Where do we want to go with this? We got a lot of stuff to get into. I, I'm just trying to see what direction to go. You know, yesterday I had... Um, 
uh, David Rubenstein on, the, the founder of Carlyle Group. Mm-hmm. They manage around $400 billion of, uh, uh, of money. What's crazy is Jerome Powell worked for him for seven years before he became the Fed chair. At Carlisle Group? Jerome Powell was at Carlisle Group Get for out of seven here. years. Yeah, so four hundred billion. Four hundred billion dollars they manage. It's so he, interesting. He sits on Duke's. He's the chairman of the board for Duke, chairman of the board for Smithsonian. The amount of things he's Kennedy done, the amount Center of money he's also. given Kennedy Center, so many different things that he's done. But uh, uh, it was very interesting talking to him about, you know, uh, certain uh, investing and. You know, how the market looks at the, you know, experts. I challenge him on some of the things on how much American people have lost trust in experts. And then today he says everybody wants to be a podcaster. What's interesting about his story is he's the first billionaire ever to start a podcast. Really? First billionaire to start a podcast. Not first YouTuber to become a billionaire. He's the first billionaire to start a podcast. And he interviews people like Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates. You know, Jamie Dimon, he's got some of the best interviews out there in the area of uh, business. And he's got this new book come, uh, came, uh, that came out called How to Invest. But I thought it was just uh, very interesting with certain topics. On you know, uh, he's got very close relationship with Joe Biden. Joe Biden was at his Nantucket house for Thanksgiving, staying over there. They weren't together. He made that very clear. Yeah, he said, he just, I wasn't there. I just lent him I just the gave house. him the yeah. keys. I just yeah. gave him the yeah. keys yeah. and the yeah. alarm you know code. for yourself. Yeah, and then, you know, some of the conversation about Jimmy Carter years ago that he was a part of because he started off being part of Jimmy Carter to where he's at today. It's it's just a – all I can say is it's very interesting how that world views things differently sometimes right. than the average person that's dealing with the level of skepticism in mainstream media. And, uh, you know, he said, the, you know, nowadays there's so many different podcasters. People don't know who to trust. People don't know who to do this. You know, Tom, you, you sound like you want to say something. Go ahead. No, I was saying, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I was also impressed by uh, what he said about um, his kids. He said, all my kids got their MBA and they're launching successfully. They don't need a billion dollar each. And I was one of the original signers on the giving pledge. So he's given it all away to things, which I have a lot of respect, you know, building it up and then giving it away to all the needs that he sees in society. Don't agree with him on everything, but I, uh, I thought that was a very noble thing. Who started yeah. the giving pledge? Was that was that Gates or Buffett? Uh, that was Buffett. Yeah, Buffett. And they, they're they're giving away what ninety nine percent of their wealth. Is that the premise? Die broke. Die broke. Live rich. Die broke. Yeah, Pat, let me get your opinion on this. The more and more I see, tell me if I'm wrong on this. The more and more I see this, most billionaires are more Democrats, but more millionaires are more Republicans. Do I have that right? That assessment right? Billionaires I, I more I left, millionaires. I don't know the stats. More you right. The stats, Rob. I'm. You that's could, a. That's. I mean, you could go down the. Is that something you can get behind? Pretty quickly, figure it out. Most 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 billionaires, billionaires go left. Most Democrats. Uh, most billionaires are Democrats. Billy Dems. I, you know, Millie's Let's Republican. Google it to see to see if there is. Google it to see: Are most billionaires Democrats or Republicans? Are most billionaires Democrats or Republicans? And I'm a thousandaire, so Google how much. What <laughs> what are we? You're just voting against your own interests. What? If you have billions, <laughs> uh, go a little lower. If you go to images, that might be. Oh, there you go. Our American richest billion. Uh, well, that's 2014. Click on it anyways. Let's Families, just see what it says. Yeah. Lots changed since 2014, but let's see what it says. Everything's changed since 2014. $2.2 million. Americans richest families in ebook from Forbes. Glimpse. Go a little lower. That's not saying anything. It's not showing a percentage. 
No, it's not showing a percentage. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. But it's like because as you're making it. your money, you want to just be left alone. You want to be able to do your thing. You want to be able to, you know, have tax breaks, everything that a lot of, you know, capitalists and, and people who veer right kind of stand for. But once you make the billions, you want to just, you want regulation, you want monopolies, you want like, you don't want to, you want to be left alone, yes, but you want the government regulation to be left on. That's why you see all these like tech billionaires in bed with government subsidies, this, that, the other. I don't know. This is just my kind of speculation, but I figured maybe you have a strong opinion on this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you with that part. All I can tell you is it's very interesting when, when you know, you get in a circle and you're only talking to people that are relatively in your level, you have a hard time understanding what it was like to be a regular person, okay? There, there's a different... Like, I'll give you an idea. <clears throat> Some people are watching this. You know, you got big plans for 2023. Let's just say, if you're watching this saying, I got big plans for 2023. We had a business planning workshop this last week. It was a very powerful, had a great time. We had a session last night, strategy session at the office till late last night. Five-hour meeting we had last night, Tom. Probably Sick. the best one we've Sick. ever had. Sick. No joke. We just unveiled the Vitamin's vision what we want to do in 23, where we're going to be going in the future, different projects we have, and all the different leaders working in different departments share their insight and what they're going to be doing. But here's what I will tell you. Um, 2023, it, it, it will be, we gave it a name, uh, where we're sitting down and talking about what the year na name is going to be for the year. We're calling it the year of building character, okay? And to me, what I mean by year of building character, if you say you're going to do something, do it, okay? You, you're not going to get 100% score on this. You're just not. Because 100% means no matter what numbers you put, you're going to hit 100% of your goals. If you hit 100% of your goals, your goals were too small. If you hit 20% of your goals, your goals were either out of whack and you were not really sitting down thinking about the goals. You're just kind of treating it like homework. But you ought to hit about 80% of your goals when you're writing them down. Because some of them should be a stretch where it's like, how the hell am I going to hit this number? What makes you fight for it? But the only reason why you will hit your goals for 2023 is because you're more concerned about who you're becoming as a human being than the actual goal. Character building is about saying, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, working your tail off for hitting that goal. Antonio Brown is sitting right here. And I'm trying to find this video. i got it somewhere around here. Uh, Antonio Brown is sitting right here. We're going back and forth. You're in that podcast where we're talking to him. Mm -hmm. And in one of the sessions, he says, you, you, you ain't you. You don't know where I'm from. I'm from Liberty City. Liberty City. I'm from Liberty City. I'm from. He kept saying that. He kept, I'm like, dude, I'm from L.A. Yeah, but you grew up in the nice parts of it. I'm like, dude, you know, Liberty City people get shot. I'm like, dude, in Iran we get bombed. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't understand this. This. I'm like, dude, this is just gonna go places. So I said, you know what? Fine, no problem, Antonio Brown. You know what I'm gonna do, Rob? I'm gonna text this to you to show this video. I said, I'm gonna go. You just declined it. I'm gonna go to. Liberty, Liberty City. City. Yeah. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go be a cashier, not a cashier, a bagger at Winn-Dixie's. Sick. I'm yeah. going to wear the whole, what do you call it, uniform. Apron, the whole I'm thing. I'm going to wear the apron. I'm going to put the apron on. I'm going to go up there for an hour and act like I'm working there and everyone's coming up to me. I'm like, if you can play the video to, for people yeah. to see. Yeah, Eric, if you guys can show this here, press play. Yeah, that's me right there at Liberty City. Okay. Talking to customers. That's heaven, my cashier. I just don't look like I belong at this place. At a little all. too you're big too for that outfit. You're too tall. You're too yeah. tall. You, you, you can. We you got can. a 6'4 bagger over yeah. here. But you know what's funny? Everybody's coming up and they're looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with this guy being a bagger? Right? Yeah. I'm talking to everybody. Hey, Yolanda, how are you? Tell me your story. 
You know, uh, uh, how old's your son? Five months old. Where are the diapers? How come you're not buying any diapers? Oh, we, I can't afford any diapers. We got to get you some diapers. The mom looks at me like the grandma, like her mom, not the kid's mom, yeah. the grandma of the kid. We do need diapers, but we ain't got the money for it right now. I said, how many months? Five months. What aisle? I go to aisle number five, and I pick up all the, every single diaper box they had for five-month-old baby. I pick it up. I bring it. She's like, no, no, we don't want to buy it. I said, how about I pay for it? Mm -hmm. But you work here. I said, let me just pay for it. So, I'm, you know, I'm doing my part, and I'm talking to everybody. Why? I want to know what people are like in Winn-Dixie. And you're going to find out about, not Winn-Dixie, in Liberty City. By the way, while we're there, uh, Sam got the video of this. Sam, if you can send those clips to Michael to add the video as well. There's a shooting right across the street. Yeah. Two people get shot. They're moving by. I mean, this is a. He's right about what the city is like. It's not a no, safest place to not be. Not a good city. Anyways, we're talking to all these people. And then, long story short, next person comes up. She's like, Who are you? I'm, saying, I'm just a regular person. No, you're not. Why are you paying for everyone's groceries? I spent probably four or $5,000 buying everyone's groceries. Eventually, after 30 minutes, everybody was going to aisle number seven. Yeah, that's so funny. So we got to clean up on aisle seven. 45 minutes, they're calling. Out. I'm like, I'm only going to be here for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. But it was, it was learning. I said, so tell me about the city. What is this place like? Where are you from? What's the Liberty City? How much has changed? The cop that was there with us, she was working at Winn-Dixie 20 years ago, and everybody was talking to her. She's like, you realize that at this Winn-Dixie 20 years ago, there was a shooting every day. Mm -hmm. You realize where you are. I said, really? Yeah. Anyways, and one lady says, why are you doing this? I said, look, man, I came from a family. You know, my dad was a cashier at a 99 cent store. Uh, and and your dad was in there Inglewood. too. Right? And your dad was there with And you. I said, my dad is standing right there. My dad was awesome. standing right next to me, just like Gabriel. 20 feet away, watching the whole thing. Yeah. It's a very unique experience for this whole thing. This is my biggest challenge for people watching this, okay? And what the point I was trying to make with David Rubenstein, and then we can go into the topics. If you're doing very, very, very well in life, if 2022 was a magical year for you financially, you have more money than you've ever had. You're driving nicer cars than you've ever driven. You're going to the best restaurants regularly. You're getting more respect than you ever have gotten before. Go to the complete opposite communities to get some perspective, to realize how things are in different places, and give back by choice. I don't like force. That's taxes. I like choice. Do it by choice and learn and take your family. Let them also kind of see what that looks like because that's a paradigm shift that those need who are doing very well. But flip it. If 2022 was a shitty year for you, you went through a divorce, it wasn't fun, it wasn't exciting, bad breakup. You know, I'm talking to one of the guys yesterday. He's going through it right now. He's in the middle of a divorce. He thought it was going to be easy. It's not. It's ugly. You know, everything's getting involved. They didn't have anything in place. It's not a nice, it's not a nice situation that he's going through. So it's a rough year for him. If you're in a place where things are not going right, you lost $400,000 in Bitcoin, you were expecting to be a millionaire, now you're barely a thousand error and things are not going right, do the complete opposite side to get a paradigm shift. Go to a Ferrari dealership and ask the guy to sit in a Ferrari and just to kind of see how the salesperson treats you. Go to a realtor and go to an open house or a $5 million home, dream home in a community you like to live in. Go give yourself a paradigm shift. But whatever you do going into 2023, the one thing that's for sure, nothing's going to change dramatically unless if you put all the pressure in building character, and create environments for you to have a paradigm shift. Whether it's for you, your kids, your family, the people you lead, start 2023 with that. Right before this, the only reason why we started a podcast at 923 is because today was a Christmas, uh, uh, what do you call it when the school does a Christmas, uh, uh, you know, like a 
event where the kids were doing what they were doing. I was there today with all my kids. Like, Senna, like, a, like a play? Senna singing. singing. Oh, yeah, really? It was a Gilligan's Island play, which was awesome. What right? time I, was this? This was at 8.30. I, was, oh, okay. I just got here right, uh, right after that. And then we're off to going and spending time with the family for Christmas. But, um, you know, I, I, I always, uh, you know, think about, like, you know, talking to Rubenstein. I wonder if they're only talking to billionaires, if they're only talking to people that are in their situations, if they're only talking to rich people and not realizing the other side does not trust mainstream media. The other side does not trust the government. You kind of have to be able to hear both sides out. We were just watching a video by Joe Manchin, and Joe Manchin's being asked by uh, Jake Tapper. So are you leaving the party? He says, listen, man, I'm going to vote the same, the same way I've always voted. This is who I am. Whether I change parties or not, that's on me because I think Kristen Cinema. Uh, so everybody's asking if he's going to be yeah. doing it. Look, create 2020, create some paradigm shift moments for yourself to make 2023 the beginning of the greatest years of your life. And it starts with being intentional, not letting you be accidental. Anyways, that was my biggest thing with talking to David Rubenstein. How all that makes sense with each other, I don't know, but it does to me. So in my own way, that's kind of a, what I got from sitting out with David Rubenstein. Sometimes talking, we need a paradigm shift. There's the talking points memo with PBD this morning. There yeah. you go. Whatever you want to call that. I okay. think it makes complete no, sense what you're saying. Fantastic. I mean, but, yeah, and, and, I, and I go ahead and say what you're going to say. No, you're talking about um, if you think ultimately what you're saying is like it's the holiday season and, you know, it's better to give than receive. I mean, we talked about this uh, the, on our podcast we did the other day. Like you went to Win Dixie, right? You're and and you're seeing how the other side lives. Like every single year, I go to the Special Olympics. So whether you're rich, wealthy, broke, poor, when you see people that are just, I mean, this is the these are the people who are the most hurting in society, mm -hmm. can barely function. And the job of your job when it's you go to powerful. the Special Olympics mm -hmm. is to be a hugger. Your job is to be a hugger. Meaning, when they finish the race, it is your job to hug them. And I'm telling you, the first place finisher and the last place finisher has the biggest smile on their face because they finished the race. So whatever you're dealing with, no matter whether it's you know family issues, money issues, divorce, kids, this, that, the other, everyone's got issues. When you go to a place like that, the Special Olympics, you realize, holy shit, I've got some gratitude. To I would tell you. Too. So I think everybody needs to do things like that to 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 have to create paradigm shifts. For a decade, we would go to Skid Row every morning, Christmas. If you were part of my sales team, you had to be at the office at four o'clock in the morning, Christmas morning. Hmm. Imagine what an annoying sales team to be a part of. Cars would line up; they're all looking at me, pissed off, no makeup on, and we'd go to Skid Row and we'd give away two hundred hamburgers, all this other stuff. I think you got to do it. I think for your own sake, but again, hmm. the other side too. Like, go the other side too. Go stay at the most expensive hotel and where everybody stays at to kind of get a feel. Wow, this is kind of what it feels like. You got to do both. Interesting. That, that is also an investment. You got to, when I was poor, I had nothing to my name. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go rub elbows with killers, meaning like people that were winning, and to kind of say, this is what this lifestyle looks like at Rodeo Drive Beverly Hills Hotel. This is what it feels like at Montage. This is what it feels like at Pelican. Wow, this is what it feels like at the, mm -hmm. you know, Pebble Beach. Interesting. Okay, cool. I just spent this money, but damn, I want more of this. I want my family to experience this. Mm -hmm. What if one day, you're, you're, the, the question becomes the what if one day. When anytime a sentence starts with what if one day, imagine if one day we need to spend more using that sentence in 2022, 2023 in a positive way. What if one day your dreams do become a reality? Anyways, mm -hmm. it's a time to be thinking about that. I don't want to go too much longer on this. Let's just go into topics. Beautiful. But that's some thoughts right there. Okay, so Tom, uh, let's start off with uh, let's start off with Disney. Let's start off with Disney. So page number six, we're going to go do some business, and then we'll go into 
Twitter files, and uh, I'll give a shout-out to our sponsor here in a minute as well. It's a gun company, by the way, out of all companies. Yes. yes. All right, so Disney stock on its way to worst year since 1974 after Avatar sequel disappoints. This is Market Watch story. Disney shares sank nearly 5% to its, nearly, uh, to its lowest level since March 2020 on Monday after the blockbuster sequel and one of the priciest movies in Hollywood history fell short of the hype. In its opening weekend, Avatar, The Way of Water, hauled in $134 million domestically and had the second largest global opening of 2022, but fell short of tracking estimates on based uh, on advanced uh, U.S. ticket sales and disappointed in one of the biggest markets for the fr- franchise, China. Disney had opened in, uh, opened to uh, uh, had hoped to clean up in China with the first movie in 2009. The blockbuster business, The Way of Water, earned $57.1 million there which Disney described in a Wall Street Journal report as disappointing but understandable. The problem is nobody wants to go to the cinema because they've been told that COVID is extremely dangerous. Tony Chambers, Disney Global head of theatrical distribution, said, Tom, what are your thoughts on the story? Well, first of all, this is why Disney has a new CEO, folks. This is why Bob Iger is back in doing a uh, his own version of, uh, you know, a reality show to rebuild the house. So... Avatar is going to be just fine, and I think this is going to be the biggest movie of all time. If you think about everything you have to do to put on an event, it's like we do the vault event here at uh, Valuetainment. You you can't move the date. You can't change things. There's hotels. There's travel. Everything is in place. This movie was in place, and no one could have predicted just how big World Cup was going to be, number one. No one could have predicted that COVID would have another wave come through and China would start telling people to stay home or that you would have civil unrest in many parts of China over Apple labor practices at those factories. Yet... Yet, so I don't look at it this way. Oh, Avatar didn't meet expectations. I find it kind of unbelievable they did as much as they did against those headwinds. So they got a new CEO. They got this thing. I think Avatar is going to be just fine. I think this is going to be sitting there at number one when everything is counted later on. This would be the biggest movie, biggest box office. And Pat, you saw it, you saw it, right? Yeah, I did. Did you like? Like, if you and I'm a movie buff, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I heard I heard two conflicting sides from Maverick and everybody. They said Maverick said it was three hours and ten minutes. He goes, they didn't need that extra 10 minutes. After three minutes, your, three hours, your body's like, okay, what's going on? What do you, from from rating it from storyline, I mean, graphics, I mean, they've had 15 years with technology. What do you, what would you give, what would you rank the movie? I, I, I listen, I thought the, the story was great. It started very slow, you know, they had to kind of bring you back. Obviously, the, uh, maybe the reason was because it's been so long. I don't know. I think the movie could have been done in two hours and 40 minutes. It didn't need to be three hours and 12 minutes. I would have been fine with two hours and 40 minutes. Agree. I'm okay with that part. Uh, it's very emotional at the end. The story is about how your kids eventually lead your family and parents end up needing kids to rely on, which is a very emotional message that uh, the way he did it, it was very, very, he tugged at your heart constantly for the last 40 minutes. I mean, it, 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 I've walked out of movies so many times in the first half uh, uh, half hour, one hour. Done. If you do that with this movie, you'll be, be disappointed because the last 30, 40 minutes is worth it. Here's the other part. China, of course, makes sense for them to have the kind of numbers that they have, so they can't be disappointed with that. You can't do anything when politics get involved in China. That's not the movie's fault. 
That's not Cameron's fault. He says we need to make $2 billion to break even. That is an insane number to say they need to break even. Here's the other thing that nobody is talking about on why Avatar didn't hit the numbers. You ready? Well, Avatar came out the weekend of the World Cup. Yeah. Who the hell is talking Avatar? Yeah, exactly. Nobody. Yep. I mean, you got 3 billion people that watch the World Cup, give or take. A little over 3 billion people. You think 3 billion people are sitting there saying, so, Adam, what did you think about <laughs> Avatar? If Avatar would, and let me give you a prediction, if Avatar would have waited one week yep. on when to come out, they would have done numbers and even more. They screwed up on timing. Mm -hmm. What are you doing coming out on the weekend of World Cup? Like, honestly, Mr. CMO, whoever the CMO is, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah. You, mm -hmm. like, you know the calendar. Mm -hmm. You know when the World Cup freaking is. You can't change it one weekend. Yeah. You can't go one weekend before or one weekend after. Like, I thought the timing of it was out of whack, but I will tell you this. I think this number is going to – there's some people that are upset with the fact that they showed – Pregnant warriors. I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh, they're, already, if you, yeah, they're already getting backlash. Uh, uh, yeah, the woke you, mob is starting. Uh, they're, uh, they're already talking. Yeah, if you want to like the the uh, the whole concept of you know uh, no not the woke mob the 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 yeah exactly the whole like they wanted a pregnant warrior to say hey you know we wanted to kind of highlight women yeah we felt sympathy for women pregnant so we want to say that pregnant women can be warriors uh, fine I, I understand what he's trying to do. I don't think it makes any sense, uh, to be quite frank with you. I'm sure back in the days you didn't have a choice if you were having to fight. And I do believe back in the days if a pregnant mother had to be forced to protect her kids, she probably would have fought. Uh, so it may not resonate with the average person today. Uh, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day who said, you know, I, my mom gave birth to me. I said, yeah, my mom also gave birth to me. She <laughs> yeah. says, no, no, you don't understand. My mom was walking... And all of a sudden, you know, she's not in America. She's living in uh, Mexico. I was born. And she's holding me with my umbilical cord. And she went to the neighbor. And a neighbor cut. who was half blind, no joke, oh cut God. it. And that's how I was born. Now, today, if you say that to the average person, what will they say? What an irresponsible yeah, mom. What's wrong with that? I mean, a thousand years ago, everybody was doing that. It's not like you were going to the doctor, calling Blue Cross Blue Shield, saying, hey, can I set up my C-section? There was none of that a thousand years yeah. ago. It's a different time. So a little bit of reach. There was no LGBTQ type of a thing where parents can feel safe about that part when they're watching this. James Cameron didn't play the games with that. I do think this is going to end up making a ton of money, and it's not going to slow down. Mm. That's what I would say about Avatar. And it'll well, it'll hit HBO or something within, what, a month? Uh I don't know. I've got a movie recommendation for the people out there. Um, this might be a little controversial. Uh, we're talking about Avatar. We're talking about Black Adam. You know, how, what number are we on on the Avengers or whatever? Yeah. Don't listen to this message if you have kids, if you're married with kids, or uh, you know, if you're taking your girl on a date night. But if you're a dude out there, Here let's say go. you're 16 and older, yeah. here's what movie you should watch this year. Zero movies. Okay? If you're working and you don't have money saved up you're not in shape you're 20 pounds overweight you haven't done a business plan yet you don't have a chick in your life you're not doing anything you don't have a purpose you haven't done your business plan you haven't done anything you get to watch zero movies this year you get to watch zero netflix shows this year there's no video games for you this year until you clean up your act there's so many men out there that are watching movies that know they're, they're on avengers 17 they're on superman 7 they're on spider-man 19 I watch zero movies. You guys are talking about Avatar. That's great. You've got kids. Respect. The kids need to see that. If I don't have kids or if I'm not on a date You're night with my girl, 
there's no movies for you. You're struggling, homie. Like, I'm just saying, most yeah. dudes out there, two, th- two out of three people in America are living paycheck to paycheck. You don't get to see movies until you're off the paycheck to paycheck wheel. That's my opinion. I haven't gone. I haven't gone because there hasn't been anything worth me watching. But I mean, I'm on the complete opposite. I'm no. I'm mind you, but you know, I'm a movie buff. Me, Mario, test me all the time. Mario say one word from a movie, and I can get. I'm not talking about movies from the '90s. Yeah, no, but when when we were kids, I'm in the same boat. You're a kid. Go see a movie. When it comes to hip hop, I stopped with Biggie and all them back in the day. And then when it comes to films, but but, I mean, kind of, I, 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 I would go if it was good. But off of Adam's thing, how expensive is for for 3D? How much is the ticket, popcorn, food, drink for one perfect one person's experience? How much is it, Pat? For three D, I for couldn't everything. even tell you. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I buy the tickets online and at fourteen it's, bucks, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. No, I, I think know. right now they're like for for what's what's the three D? No, for price? three three D soda and a popcorn, I'd be willing to bet national average about thirty bucks. Because I 30, think that's going to be like a nineteen dollar ticket, right? I, I was going to say at least a twenty dollar. Oh, fourteen bucks. There you go. This is for regular. Yeah, regular ticket. Yeah, but that's matinee, so it's 1 o'clock. Oh, no, listen, for 3D, I heard it was like almost $40. Really? Plus everything. Yeah, you have to wear the goggles and all that shit. It's not cheap, bro. So I could see where Adam, like, every... Because, I mean, some people watch two two movies a week. There you go. $20.43 for there a you go. So You figure popcorn's watch. 10 bucks and a drink. You're spending 40 you're spending bucks for 40 one person. Easy for that's one insane. person. Yep. That's it. For a person I can't afford it, $40. that is insane. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't disagree. I will tell you, for me, when I was broke and I was busting my ass, movies were my therapy. Uh, uh, for me to go to a matinee, get away from everybody, and watch I Am Legend was oh. a form of escape without needing a therapist. Yep. Movies have uh, 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 have done that for me, but we understand Adam is an unorthodox type of guy. Yeah. He doesn't believe in driving. Yeah, box left. He has his horse parked outside. He comes <laughs> in. Uh, Tom, you're trying to say something on the movie side. I think you were going to say something. No, I um, but I will. Um, you know. I think there's a lot of movies out there that are not exactly family friendly, and I I'm really thrilled to see Avatar. Um, my girls, my kids, they love the Marvels, they love the Avengers, they love that series. Um, we love Top Gun, so there's there's glimmers of hope in there that are movies. But I agree with Pat. You know, you look at it like this. Uh, I think a movie is a great experience, and I, th- I think it's an uplifting experience because you you drop down into an immersive story, and you get to look at the story, and it touches you. I am legend, things like that. Uh, and I, I disagree. I think movies is a rather cost-effective escape. And you, to your point, Vinny, you don't have to go to the 730 you know, um, Friday night. You know, you know, high def theater with 3D where you for real D and they get pay for the glasses and everything. You know, you you can you can go to standard theaters and enjoy. It. But I think it's an escape. There's positive messages. It stirs your soul. It stirs yeah. your thoughts. I, I'm on that page. Anyways, but I wish be, there was best more movie movies. of all time. Favorite movie of all time. Give you a favorite movie. Uh, me, it's Godfather Two. Okay, what's yours? Goodfellas. What's yours? Jaws. It's yours. Anything with Vince Vaughn, swingers, old <laughs> wedding school, crashers. wedding crashers, swingers for sure. Vince Vaughn, right, there you go. what do you got? What Pat? about you? I mean, Godfather Two got to be there. I would put Man on Fire. Man I would on put Fire, Gladiator, probably Gladiator. I'll put Gladiator yeah, at the but, top. But I can watch it. Here's my point: the, those movies are like they don't make movies like they used to. No, it's all just not. Marvel, CGI. DC. I, I agree with nonsense these days. Yeah, I agree with that. And by the way, to you, to your point, because I know you have strong feelings on on movies. When you were going, because you've told that story, you'd go by yourself. Yep. yep. What phase of your life were you in at that I was point? 27 years old. Okay. Yeah. So here's where I'm going with this. Yeah. You were in your building phase. 
you were creating a company. You were working at uh, WFG at the point. Yeah. You had, yeah. So the point is this. Your escape for those two hours, because you needed to decompress for all the shit you were dealing with. This is when you were in the Army. This isn't when you were at Bally's. This oh, is when you were I couldn't broke. afford. Army, we would watch okay. movies yeah. in the barracks. Bro, bro. Yeah. No, when, I, when you're making 600 bucks a month, dude, you, you can't do a lot of things. I feel you on that. Yeah. But I guess my point is this. It, if you're, like, for instance, for me, I'm... I'm Reading, I'm watching YouTube, I'm, I'm reading articles, I don't watch any TV. But if I need escape, I'll watch a half hour of Seinfeld or whatever. Yes, I do agree you need some escape. Listen, you're starting but to really piss me off. <laughs> Pat, think about it before you do it. Honestly, Pat, no, no, it. But I'm most done. people I am Pat, honestly done. are struggling. No, listen, <laughs> I have to tell you about this gun then. If that's okay. what you're going to do, I'm going to tell you about this gun. Yeah. I start talking trash about movies, Pat pulls out a gun. This right here, folks, let me just tell you. For me, we get a lot of sponsors. Yesterday, a company came here to the office. And they, they wanted us to sponsor. And I just told the guy, I said, listen, I understand your offer on the table is very attractive. It's a massive multi-six-figure check for sponsorship. I don't use the product. I don't use the product. And I, you know, I'm not, I can't talk on the product. I know nothing about the product. Anything that I talk about, either I understand that there's a need for it as a business person or I use it. This is one of the companies that we reached out to, Berna. A guy named John who works for us, he's nearly a seven-figure earner out of Orlando, I want to say. He shows me this in his Lambo. He says, Pat, look what I just bought. I said, well, what are you doing carrying a gun here? Is that legal? He says, yeah, this is legal. You can carry this. You can have it in your car. It's legal. You just have to be 18. I said, you're carrying a gun? I said, maybe in Florida. Not on. He says, nope, all other states. I said, how's that even possible? He says, because it's not bullets. It's projectiles. Wow. And I said, projectiles? What do you mean? He says, this projectile, when you shoot somebody with this projectile, you're not going to kill them. You're not going to go to jail. It, it, it drops them, and they can't breathe for 30 to 35 minutes. They can't breathe. I mean, they can't pepper breathe. In it. There's pepper. Jeez. There's pepper projectile. You, you literally, if you see the video for this. So they came down. Their CMO, CO flew out. They came out here. They're valutainers. They brought the whole crew. Did a whole video on it. They had a bunch of our guys shoot the Guns outside. They have one of them that's a rifle as well. Anyways, eventually I said, look, guys, if you're a salesperson, if you're an Uber driver, if you're somebody that's a, you're doing Uber Eats, you do Lyft, you're out there running appointments, you run a small business, but you don't want to have a gun because you don't want to get arrested and you're not trying to kill anybody. You're just trying to stop somebody so you can call the cops so they can come to you and you have enough ample time for people to stop. You may want a, a gift for 2023 for somebody. You may want to buy, buy them a burner gun. And this burnout gun, when I called, I said, I want this thing to be optional for everybody to buy. I want our guys to have a discount. So that's exactly what we negotiated. The link is right there. If you're trying to buy something to protect yourself going into next year, some next year is going to be Europe investigation. It's going to be a very, very weird year with a lot of people going back and forth, especially coming closer to uh, election time. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend you buy one of these for you. If you have a wife that does sales, highly recommend you buy it for her, your daughter, yourself, your sales team. Uh, anybody and everybody that's out there seeing a lot of different people, but you don't want to get it, you're, you're pro-Second Amendment or you're not a pro-Second Amendment person, this is the gun for you to make sure you can protect yourself. The moment you point this at somebody, the first thing they see is all they think about, it's a real gun, and uh, you can protect yourself. Again, legal in all 50 states. Let's put a link below so people can take advantage of it. 
Adam, you really pissed me off. That's why I wanted to kind of go right Yeah, I get it. I will never talk trash about the movies again. Honestly, it was like the end of it. Thank you very much to our sponsor, Berna. Uh, The BizDoc Babe has one that's uh, in the car. Seriously? Yes, she stops for gas. Yes, I do. I bought one. And if she stops for gas, she knows that she's got basically pepper spray on steroids if somebody comes up. Because there's, you know, you you see around the United States, there's muggings that happen right there at the... Where you're getting gas and other things like this, so I love it. I, I awesome. feel I feel better that she's safe. Oh, and I saw I just saw pictures from that Aaron showed us of the welts and the. Stuff oh my that, God! Uh, let me explain something to you. I've been. Have you ever been hit paintball? Of course. Matt? I got hit with one in the back. I dropped the gun and I'm like, I am finished. I'm not playing anymore. Congratulations. Now imagine this with pepper with and you're having pepper? a hard time with eyes, breathing, all of that. And and Pat, and here's the thing, because I I'm a gun owner. I have like seven guns still in Cali. I I have uh, I have guns here. It's once you pull the trigger on a gun in real life, real time, even though you're protecting your life, if that person lives that's coming to attack you to kill you, they can sue you for trying to kill them. With this gun, with this weapon, it's so, because mind you, they have pepper and they just have regular kinetic where it'll just hit you and drop you without the pepper. But I'm telling you right now, that that's one of the, I'm, how much, can we get a discount on this bag? Yeah. Oh, by the way, anybody, anybody that buys it, they get a discount. Anybody oh, that buys anybody? it. Anything you buy, you buy the projectiles, the guns, the rifle, they give you a full discount. Uh, it's on the link that we have. You go through it. You can get a bunch of discount when you buy their product. Okay. Yeah, I mean, by the way, people are going to buy two, three thousand dollars worth of stuff because they're buying three, four for friends and family. But uh, wow. anyways, that's great. So there you have it. That's one thing I personally reached out. They haven't paid us. This is just purely a affiliate deal. We don't do affiliates with anybody. We only do paid sponsorship. This is one where I said I trust the product. People need this. By the way, PD uses it. DEA uses it. A bunch of government organizations use it uh, for themselves as well. Okay. All right. So let's go into to, to, let's wrap up the Avatar part. Do you know what's the crazy story about the Avatar? Is uh, the story with uh, Matt Damon, where James Cameron told him, "Get over it." Titanic director James Cameron tells Matt Damon to stop beating himself up for turning down Avatar in 2009 for Bourne film. In 2019, Damon, 52, revealed he was courted by director James Cameron to star in Avatar in 2009 but rejected a deal that would have been seeing him get 10% of the movie box office profits, earning him. You ready? $250 million. But the Titanic movie maker has little sympathy for the Hollywood heavyweight and has said he needs to get over it. He's beating himself up for this, and I really think you know, Matt, you're kind of a, like one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Get over it, but he had to do another Bourne film, which was on his runway, and there was nothing we could do about that. So he had to regretfully decline. There's a certain thing. Like, by the way, ev- almost everybody in Hollywood has a story like this. Of course. Almost everybody in Hollywood has a story like Could've, this. Could have, should have. Yeah, like Will Smith with uh, uh, Matrix. Perry Will Smith was supposed to be Neo, but he was like, nah, I'm good. I don't think it's going to do that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, future, but whatever, know, but, but Matrix, You computers. can't blame. Like, how no. do you know? Yeah. How do you know yeah, to say? Yeah, your agent has a big, yeah. Pat, your agent has a huge How do you know which one's going to do what? I mean, yeah, you, exactly. you saw what's going on with DC right now, dropping, you know, the Superman, rock. Henry, dropping The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, where he had to tweet about it yesterday. What, what happened? Yeah, he tweeted about it yesterday, saying, my passionate friends, I wanted to give you a long-awaited Black Adam, because he stopped following Marvel, and he stopped, uh, I'm sorry, he stopped following DC's Instagram account, and he stopped following Black Adam on Instagram. Like, wait a minute, why did you unfollow them? What? So, uh, update regarding the character's future in the new DC uh, universe, James Gunn and I connected, and Black Adam will not be... In their first chapter, storytelling, Howard, DC and Seven Bucks have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways Black Adam can be utilized in a future DC Universe uh, chapters. James and I have known each other for years and have always rooted for each other to succeed 
it's no different now, and I will always root for DC uh, and Marvel to win and win big. You guys know me, and I have very thick skin, and you can always count on me to be direct with my words. Uh, these decisions made by James and DC leadership represent their vision of DCU through their creative lens. After 15 years of relentless hard work to finally make Black Adam, I'm very proud of the film we delivered for fans worldwide. I will always look back on fan reaction to Black Adam with tremendous uh, gratitude, humility, and love. We did great, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a hell of a month. And now we all need some more Terramana. So there you <laughs> nice go. Nice plug Happy for us and, yeah, right Pat, there. Pat, and speaking of uh, uh, Dwayne, I mean, Joe Rogan's still going after him, talking about coming clean with... He did. When did he go after him? We're doing steroids. I, I see it in the miscellaneous. But what I'm saying is, like, we, we interviewed... What's his name recently, right? Uh, Liver, Liver King. King. Yep. Did you see the video recently of him in Hollywood? He's on Rodeo. You know that big intersection pad yeah. where everybody's shopping? And he's standing there, and some lady with a camera... I don't know if she was TMZ or not. She goes, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, steroids. What's it look like I'm doing? And then he goes, leave me alone, lady. <laughs> he goes in the middle of the intersection and starts doing deadlifts. So he's back at it, and I love that Adam was like, so are you going to stop doing steroids? He just looked, and he was like, hell no. <laughs> yeah, this is it, Pat. <clears throat> So he's, he's. She's like, she. I keep okay, the. You see somebody working out. He goes, yeah. I'm doing steroids. That's the only way to be. Okay. And the name is Lever King. Can you rewind it? Rewind it. King. He said at the beginning, Pat. Look. You're doing steroids. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Steroids. <laughs> You're doing steroids. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pause it. Pause it. Pause it. You know what though? Good for him. <laughs> you know what? Good for him though. Pat, he doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. That he was sorry. That was the one question I asked the Lever King. I said, Hey, listen, you got caught, bro. Why yeah. would you stop steroids at this oh point? Oh my god, it's so like, clearly you're addicted to it. Go for it. <laughs> it's like, no, I owe it to the people. I'm like, you don't know shit. I think, I think for keep his, doing your steroids. I think for Glad his, to see he's keeping for his investors. I, I, Adam, he had to be like, you know, guys, I'm really sorry. And you know, but now it's just like steroids. He doesn't give a shit. He can have a needle in his neck. Nobody would give a damn right now, dude. <laughs> you needle neck. And, then, and he walks into the middle of the intersection. He starts doing that. So, so, what was your point? You're saying that he's still calling out the I'm rock saying, about I'm doing we, steroids. I mean, I mean we're, me and him, I don't know if you guys paid attention that much. Because me and Pat, I'm, I'm huge into working out. I was huge when I was in the military. We knew that he was on stairs. Did you know, Liver King? Like, did you even care? I don't know. Looking at the Liver King, he I kind of speculated yeah. maybe he was yoked his whole. That the Liver yo, King he might have taken a steroid. He was two. juicing. Okay, we all yeah. know that. But like The Rock, he's America's like he's the A-list number one. Like all all these guys. What, do you do yeah. you even care? Like, cause I know some people don't give a damn if he comes clean or comes like a Joe Rogan. I think you were talking him. about The Rock. I think that's yeah, what you were talking about. So I'm saying, is he supposed like The Rock? Is he supposed to? Come I don't know clean why. Like Pat, why is the Rock? Why is Rogan so all over The Rock? Yeah, I will tell you why. I will tell you why. You know, back in the '90s, these bodybuilders, which was uh, uh, very uh, uh, unique thing that these guys did and it was kind of funny it's the funniest video which one old video of bodybuilders say it, it, with their faces let me see if i can Go find on. this clip uh old um uh um face yeah that's the one where they're saying you know i use steroids yeah i do this but they have their faces blurry as if nobody can tell who it is because <laughs> there's only a few people that are that massive and they're telling the truth about steroids but no bodybuilder wanted to say that they're on steroids. It was like that one secret thing that you wouldn't tell anybody. Yeah. Everybody knew they were doing it. Yeah. Nobody wanted to reveal that they're doing it, right? Yeah. Kind of like smoking weed back in the days was like, hey, this guy's smoking weed. You know, he's this. Where today it's kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, people Fine. look in, in a different way. Not go. We're not endorsing it. We're just saying it's, you want to smoke cigarettes? Go. You want to smoke weed? Go. Today, you know, when you're like, I'm naturally this big. 
Right. I'm naturally this big. This is all natural. Relax, bro. Like you know when it's like these are my natural breasts. Right, that, you know, yeah. You know, we yeah, had right. we had one lady that we work with where I I was there when she got the the Present procedure blood? done. Yeah. Fifteen years later, in a meeting, saying mine are natural. I'm like, oh, so some people are like, listen, man, what what do you well like what do you get from saying that? Like, yeah. So that is the part where some people just don't like when if you're on it, just say you're on it. No one cares about steroids the way they did. 30 years ago, mm -hmm. but some people just want to say, I'm naturally like this because I have great genetics. Yeah, because testosterone is a different story, though, back because some because TRT, I'm getting Facebook yeah. ads of, hey, if you're low on testosterone, they'll give you, an, you know, you can get injections every week. TRT, but that is a, that is a form of steroid. That, that's yeah. what I was going to ask. Is, it, is that still steroid? So then technically, Joe, Joe Rogan admits that he's on it. He's on TRT. Yeah, of course. He's of talked about it openly. But again, it, it, why, why do 11 million people tune into Joe Rogan? Why Interesting, good, good interviews, and he's honest. Straight, from the heart. I'm just Joe Rogan. This yeah. is who I am. I do steroids. I smoke weed. I'm not going to drink this month. We're going to do, you know, such and such. We're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And he, he opinions. Are, I don't know. I used to. I like Bernie Sanders. I don't know about this. Now I like this. He's just like he's evolving in front of your face. He, 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 he's he, everybody's growing up with him. Like yep. you know, if you were to say who Joe is, Joe is. The modern day Johnny Carson for podcast. I like oh, completely. People freaking loved Johnny Carson. Yep. Period. So, all he's saying is, if you're using it, dude, just talk about you're using. Who gives a shit? Nobody cares. Yeah. But don't act like you're naturally that big because you're not. Yeah. Period. And Rogan's also a renaissance man. Whether it's comedy, yeah. whether it's UFC, whether it's intellectual, whether it's asking good questions, whether it's like I saw him just. He does his ice bath thing every oh, morning. It hurts. It's just he's so well-rounded, and, and people respect him. Uh, and I don't understand the beef with 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 the Rock, though. Yeah, that's what I was curious about. The beef, climb that tree. There, there is there is conflict out there because <laughs> the Rock's been in Men's Health talking about cod. That how much cod he eats every day. He puts but it the in fish. You mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Puts it in these plastic containers, and it's like two and a half pounds of cod every day with no oil, no butter, and so. There have been times where he seems like he's gone out there on a limb pat and to, to say, well, this is my this is my routine. I lift at this time. Da, da, da. And so I was just curious what that spark was. It got Rogan to say, hey, dude. I think he doesn't like bullshit artists. I don't, I, I, and not even and, bullshit. And by the way, there's a part of it that here's what another thing people don't like about what Rock's done a couple times, which is, is uh, well, I, I support his stuff that he does. I, I buy his shoes. I have his shirt. Uh, I watched Black Adam. I thought it was a okay movie. I thought it was better than other DC movies. I don't say it's the greatest DC movie of all time. But, uh, you know, it, it's almost a feeling I got with uh, talking to uh, our guest yesterday is so concerned about what everybody in their world will say. Like he comes out supporting Joe Rogan and then a video comes out of Joe Rogan of what he said 15 years ago. Very disappointed to see this. I can't support that. And then, what? What? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you know, I understand, you know, you're doing what you're doing. And then, same thing he did with Logan Paul, where, hey, he's doing all this stuff with Logan and then telling Logan to take all the picture of us down because they had the same agent. That's probably the part that doesn't sit well uh, with Joe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't spoken mm -hmm. to Joe about this, but that's probably what doesn't sit well with Joe. I may be fully wrong. I'll but, tell you uh, what's unique about Joe, yeah. because whether you're talking about our guest yesterday, whether yeah. you're talking about The Rock, whether you're talking about politicians, A-list actors, once you've made it, 
you don't want to like you, you don't want to say anything or do anything to put you back to normalcy. Like you just want to play it safe. It's almost like that conversation we brought up yesterday when you spoke to the billionaire. Yeah. Where he basically said there's two types of people in the world. There's the people who've already made their billions and they just want to keep it mm -hmm. versus the person that's still on the come up and trying to grind and trying to make that money. But if you're if you're in this camp and you've you're already worth hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars or you're a public figure, the last thing you want to do is get you know, chop down and go back to down to the bottom of the totem pole. Everything we've seen with Me Too and cancel culture and, you know, believe all women, everything. You got to play close to the vest these days. And I think that's why people respect Rogan is because despite being an A-lister, despite making all the money, he's still like, I'm still me, baby. I'm still yeah. me. And that's why he has so much respect. But most people are going to kind of play it close to the vest so they don't have to deal with their Look, ramifications. Look, if we're in business together, I expect you to defend me. I expect you to support me. I expect you to, you know, uh, uh, have my back. There's a relationship, kind of like all the people, you know, Joe, they have that relationship. But, you know, if you're off, I'm going to say, hey, man, you're off. You know, I, I don't agree. And then we can hash it out and have a conversation on certain things that we do. Some of it is private. Mm -hmm. Some of it is public. Some of it is no one's business on what you do. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? And then in this space, like, when you're somebody that's the best in your space, Joe's the GOAT in his space. And Rock is the highest paid actor of all time. He's the, he's the goat of his space. And, you know, $124 million he made in a year. I think those records are going to be broken. Two years ago, Forbes said he made 124 in a year in 2019. That's a big number right there to make as an actor. There's some mutual respect of, like, Federer hanging out with Tiger Woods. Roger Federer doesn't say, you know what, Tiger, after what came out with those 16 girls, you and I can no longer talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if Roger said that? It's like, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Listen, but do they have a relationship? Who, Roger and Tiger? No, best no, no, friends. No, 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 no. Michael Jordan and Rock, Tiger? Rock, best Rock friends. and Rogan. Did they have a well, relationship? Well, no, there at all? was leading towards that. All I'm saying is goats with goats. Yeah. There's a certain level of mutual respect you ought to have mm -hmm. for that. But Hollywood makes some of these guys actually scared. And they back off a little bit because they're worried about what the publicist. It's the life you live, like what Rock, what the, uh, 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 Tate uh, calls out. The word he uses, the matrix, mm -hmm. is they're 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 bowing down to what a publicist is telling them to say. I agree. Okay, and and you ought to have a conversation with that person. But there's different kind of publicists. Like we had a guy over at our house two nights ago. I said uh, uh, he says, look, let me tell you what my specialty is. Here's my specialty is uh, challenges companies go through, where it's like social media or online crisis you're going through, and everybody's targeting you. Definition of character. Let me tell you what the traditional PR firm will tell you to do. Traditional PR firm will tell you, here's the format of the letter to write of the tweet and the video to make on how to apologize. He says, that's not us. Here's what we do. We say, yeah, I effed up here. I man for this. But let me also go back and say this. Bum, 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 bum. Mm -hmm. And I, boom. So the format of Hollywood is this format. I'm sorry. I apologize. You I'll know, get better. Uh, yeah. I'll get better. Which is fine. To get better is fine, but it's constant like fear of losing this mm -hmm. spotlight, the favors from Hollywood. It's too much. And look, some people can do it. There's a lot of people that cannot do it. There's a lot of people that cannot do this kind of. And, and, and well, those are the guys that are doing things. It's almost like in football, like when you're playing, you're playing defense or offense. Like if you're up by three touchdowns with two minutes left, you're just going to prevent defense. Yeah. So if you're making $250 million a year, you're the rock. <laughs> like, just don't screw this up. Yeah. Just don't screw this up. So 
Uh, only a few people are willing to just put their neck on the line, and Rogan's one of them. Trump's one of them. And they're saying, yeah, I'm worth billions, but I don't care if half the country hates me or I don't care if I piss people off. Yep. I'm going to go for what I want. So like them or not, you got to respect those people that don't play it close to the vest. Awesome. Let's talk about this $1.7 trillion bill uh, that they're putting ahead of us. Uh, more money to print, folks. Just so you know, lawmakers unveil $1.7 trillion bill to avoid shutdown. Boost Ukraine AP, AP News. Congressional leaders unveiled a government-wide $1.7 trillion spending package Tuesday that includes another large round of aid to Ukraine, nearly a 10% boost in defense spending, and roughly, four, it says $40 billion, it's $46 billion, mostly to assist communities across the country recovering from drought, hurricane, and other natural disasters. I think we're over $120 billion right now given to Ukraine. The bill, which runs for 4,155 pages, includes $772 billion for non-defense discretionary program and 855, 858 for defense. The spending package includes $45 billion in emergency assistance to Ukraine. It would be the biggest American infusion of assistance yet to Ukraine, above even President Biden's $37 billion emergency request, and ensure that funds flows to the war effort for months to come. <laughs> Legislation also includes historic revisions to federal uh, election law that aim any future president's candidates from trying to overturn. By the way, here's an interesting number to give to you guys. Uh, what a portion of the number went to. When I tell you this, I don't know how you're going to react to it. I thought I was a little bit surprised <sighs> by this number. Here's what it was. Here's what it was. $2.6 billion went to U.S. attorneys for January 6th attack prosecution. How much? $2.6 billion. Billion. Billion dollars. Trump's net worth. Un Let me say that one more time. Do you hear what I said? Billion or million? No, no, for billion. $2.6 bill. By the way, if you're like, let me not say this. No, I believe So you. people are thinking like, so uh, $2.6 billion just went to lawyers, okay? Let me give you this uh, uh, CNN article. Just go to CNN article that says the $1.7 Just type in $1.7 trillion, $1.7 CNN. Go to the first article. That says, here's what's in the one. There you go. So keep going lower. Just so everybody knows what the story's coming from. Go lower, 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 lower. Right around there if you can zoom in a little bit. If you can zoom in a little Funding, bit. what? Do you see it or no? 2.6 The billion. bill will provide $2.6 billion for U.S. attorneys, Jeez. which would include funding efforts to the further support prosecutions related to the January 6th attack on the Capitol and domestic. $2.6 billion in legal fees. Jesus Christ. I mean, am I the only one that reads this and says, what the? Okay, so let's break the. Do you know how many how many lawyers you would have to give $2.6 million in fees for this? Let's do the math. Hourly, okay. What's $2.6 billion divided by? Say 1,000. Take, say they find 1,000 names that they're going to do you prosecute. They're going to be giving 1,000 lawyers $2.6 million. A thousand, that's it. A thousand lawyers are going to get $2.6 million. What are we talking about? And, and by the way, by the way, this is prosecution, not defense. Defense is what expenses. Prosecution, you build an indictment and you put it on the table. Yeah. Uh, by the way, another $11.3 goes to the FBI. Okay. Yeah, another 11 the, wor point, the worst. $39 billion goes to the Justice Department. So, I mean, they're just, and then they're doing a ban on TikTok. Couple things they had didn't make it in there, but Ukraine gets another $40-some billion. What are your thoughts on this, Adam, with this $1.7 trillion bill? Um, well, I haven't gotten to all the details, but I think we can all realize that whatever the bill is, whatever the proposal is, is not the law. 
meaning like they're gonna gonna negotiate this. So we, you know, whether you went to civics class in eighth grade, the House proposes this, the Senate gets to vote on it, they negotiate. This thing could be less than a trillion at, at the end of the day here. So I mean, I'm glad that we're highlighting some of the nonsense because there's gonna be arguments, there's gonna be filibusters, there's gonna be all sorts of. Uh, Points and counterpoints, and, and we'll see where it ends up. I, I there's, you know, it's it, it, it does seem egregious. However, I remember not too long ago when one trillion dollars was a big deal. Now we're talking multi-trillion-dollar spending bills, and it, it's just the norm. So it's it, getting out of control. Here's my question too: How much, <clears throat> after all that said and done, how much do you think that 2.6 billion would go down? Because mind you, that's one question. Number two, the fact that they're trying to get that much for these people is uh, it's, it's ridiculous bro and for another 45 billion dollars to Ukraine and then Rob what you say Rob Rob actually read all 4000 uh 155 pages <laughs> Rob what you say about the salmon listen to this bro uh, yes yeah, 65 million dollars are going to go to uh restoring pacific salmon populations 3 million for what they call bee friendly highways <laughs> and then an additional 5 million in further spending for salmon dude here's and 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 Sometimes it's not what's in a bill that they're going to spend it on. Sometimes it's what they prohibit. And what is prohibited that not one penny in this $1.7 billion bill trillion, can go trillion to? Trillion, trillion. $1.7 trillion. Not mm -hmm. one penny can go toward border defense. Not one. I, I read that today. It's a clause in the bill. Yeah. Not well, one I, penny can be – it's in the bill that says – None of this appropriation may di be directed to border defense. But that they are spending $410 million towards uh, border security for other nations, including yeah. Such Jordan, as Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, uh, uh, Tanzania, Tunisia, Tunisia, and Oman. <laughs> Come on, Malik. By, by, by the way, what, so, so here's a question. Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, I don't give a shit about politics, whatever party you're a part of. What do you mean not a penny is going to be going to the border and we're having 2 million people, record-breaking exactly. amount of people coming up here, fentanyl issues that we're having? Like, you know, how do you process that where you say $0 is going to be spent on the border but we're spending it on other people? How do you process that? Well, I think what's happening right now is so the new Congress comes in, what, early January, January 20th? So basically we all, we all know we just had the midterms a mm -hmm. month and a half ago, whatever. Uh, this happens every two to four years where before the new Congress comes in, they're going to try to get some shit passed. You know, what's the term that they talk about? Pork spending or pork belly, right. where you just kind of throw in a bunch of nonsense into a bill and be like, let's get this, let's get this. It's sort of like a wish list. You're, you're right. Uh, and we'll you're see right, what happens right. here. I, I don't what think, do you I feel about this to Pat's question? Sorry to interrupt you. I'm not supposed to be interrupting you. But well, you you're doing you're a good right. job at that, though. But, you. Okay, your question. You. I got the World Cup of interruptions. What do you think about, okay, that's, that's what's happening, but what do you think about what's in that? And that, to say, nothing for border security. Yeah, well, I, I think that's unfortunate. I think what's going on on the border right now is a mess. But, I mean, look, you think we're going to solve the border security right now on this podcast? It's been a fucking mess Adam, for 20 this, years. Do you realize, oh, like, nice but, redirect. But, but, but hang on a second. A podcast <laughs> is to give opinions. I agree. It's I, not I, to give, I, oh like, regular, God. like, uh, just a, a question's being asked. What do you think? I think that, yes, we should have some money going towards border security. But 
ultimately, what am I saying here? Yeah. This is a negotiation. We're acting like this is the end-all, be-all, and no, this is already passed. No, but they're trying passed. to finish this up before Christmas. Yeah, but th th we'll see if that happens. I, I guarantee you when we're going to look back at this in a couple weeks or in a couple months and yeah. be like, yeah, it actually turned out to be none of what they, that they, that they proposed. It's a proposal. So in any negotiation, you start here and you end up here. So we'll see what happens here. I, I, and I'm, I'm saying this. This is my op opinion, okay? The reason that the left wants all these open borders is because say what you want. All these people are coming in are, are votes. And I'm not saying the illegals can vote, but their children, their grandchildren, they're trying to destroy us and tradition. I don't care what anybody says, bro. You think that these people are so pro-immigration illegals because they love these people? Really think about that, bro. I know a bunch of liberal psychos in California. I'm like, you, you're so open. Come on, every, everybody come in. What are you doing to help them? You're not letting them come into your freaking house. What? Is, oh, remember, Adam, you always say follow the money. Okay, follow. Why not $1 for securing the border? Why are they so open? Why do they, they love open borders? Those people's kids... Grandkids all becomes votes, and that, trust me, when they come in, they say, hey, remember who let you in here? The the right, the Republicans, were like, the hell with you, you're racist, you're rapist. But now, remember, Democrat, always vote Democrat, and that's how these cats keep you're winning. You're right, you're right. Period. And, and by the way, they get to vote too. You go in the state of California, and you can go get an ID. And with that ID, you can then vote. And that's why they don't want voter identification, and they say, oh, that's vote suppression. Yeah, it is. In a way, it is vote suppression because you want illegals to vote. So by your definition, on the other side, their definition, it's vote suppression. But the, it's them voting too. You're correct, but I add to that that they want the people walking across, not just their children and grandchildren, they want them voting too. It's Hunt. a voting block. Yeah. It's a voting block for socialist control. And, and, and didn't they, in, in New York, Pat, do you remember, I guess in New York, they passed a law where, can you look that up, Robert Lee Fazbro? That in New York, illegals can, can vote now. I don't know for mayoral candidate or, or for the presidency, but New York... Voting law, uh, non-citizen, I think they allowed non-citizens to vote. What, what happened I, this year? What I will say is I don't understand the whole you the, the ID to vote thing. That should not be a big, de a big deal. You got to have an ID to go get liquor. You got to get an ID to go to the airport. You got to go to ID to go anywhere. But they're saying point. it's racist to ask for IDs I don't, well, in Georgia. I don't, I don't they're agree like with it that. was racist. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's racist. I, I, I'm happy that you agree with that. But it's like you have to always say... Why, 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 why are they so anti? They're helping borders overseas, but they don't give a shit about us here. 120, 140 billion dollars to Ukraine, 400 million dollars to other people's border, not one penny to us, 2.6 billion dollars to lawyers for January 6th. That's giving a thousand lawyers 2.61 million dollars. <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a very weird situation where, again, the average person has to sit there and say, like, do they think the voters are dumb? Like, you know, are, are these guys that are sitting there negotiating, are they really pushing the envelope? Are they all kissing each other's ass to help be reelected? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Again, another reason why the American people don't trust these people as much as they did before. The American people don't trust mainstream media and the government as much as they did before. They can go back and negotiate and see what happens. But just the fact that you're not even putting the issue of the border there <laughs> says a lot about you. FYI, this is why 2023 is going to be investigations galore all year long. All year long, it's going to be investigations, especially if McCarthy takes over. Pat, just not to go off yeah. subject, with investigation, do you think the I mean, it's the FBI? Who's going to go after the FBI? This is the second time that they were caught 
meddling with the election. 2016, he did it with Hillary and the collusion. It was all bullshit with Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and all those combing, all those corrupt idiots. Now, because of the Twitter dump, the Twitter files, we just found out that they were colluding with big tech to censor all the stories. With like, are they? Can they get? In, who's going to investigate the FBI? They're in charge. The DOJ. Huh? Who's going to go after those guys? But that, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. That's uh, is, are those investigations. It's going to take until the, a new president comes in oh. to really go dig a little deeper. The first person that's going to do that's going to be DeSantis. Pat, I mean, let me ask. Look at what DeSantis. Let's go. Let's go on about okay. past okay. the story, guys. We got. We're not getting opinions. We'll go to the next one. So, DeSantis story about ESG. Okay, page seven. So GOP versus ESG. Why Florida Governor Ron DeSantis Republicans are fighting woke ESG investing. Okay, so woke ESG. Investing and there's a lot of this going on right now. Um, why do Republicans have a problem with ESG? The acronym for Environmental Social Governance Principles isn't widely known outside investment circles, but is fast becoming a popular GOP talking point in the run-up to 2024 presidential election. The GOP says the top nation's top money managers are pushing an ideological agenda at the expense of financial returns in violation of their fiduciary duty. In an effort to stop public pension funds from using ESG as a consideration when making investment decisions, red states from Texas to West Virginia have pulled billions from BlackRock and other money managers, despite concerns that doing so may hurt. Uh, financially, they also launched investigations into the influence of big money managers on everything from reducing emissions to racial justice. Pretty pathetic what's going on here. But, but here's what DeSantis did. Okay. DeSantis is like, I'm just not going to be playing this card. Look, like they give a score to companies. Okay, mm-hmm. Tom, why don't you talk about what ESG is so the, the listener can kind of get a better idea. Well, there's two things. There's ESG and then there's DEI. And what DEI is a – let's talk about that first really quick. DEI is a fair measurement of – of women, minorities, and all the groups that are in your company. The more diversity means you're reflecting the community and you've got fair hiring practices and everybody comes on. That's DEI. ESG is different, and people get the two confused. DEI is not a bad thing. It's a sign that companies are doing things and many people have an opportunity to work for you. ESG is where you are taking political, unproven, and positional elements and you're pulling them into your company to operate for them, such as certain environmental things and certain governance things. So when you take a look at it, you're going from DEI, where you're doing good things, you can count with all the wonderful people that represent society as a whole that are part of your company, to ESG that's kind of I think and maybe. And what it's forcing people to do is make, make oddball decisions that don't, optimize it. And I'll give you a simple example. The states operate 529 plans and people with this little $500 can start putting into a tax-free college savings account for their kids. Many people, millions and millions of Americans have it. You don't have to have a million dollars to put money in a 529 so it earns tax-free so there's something for your kids for college. But now the funds that are in there that are governed by the states, they're following these ESG principles and it is showing that it doesn't optimize the return. So people are going to be losing out on things like 401ks and on a 529 tax-free fund that you're in Iowa, you put 500 bucks in, find a way to put a couple hundred bucks a year, see if it grows and you have college fund for your kid. But instead, the money managers are put in handcuffs and are forced to make 
ESG investment decisions. And when they do that, it's de-optimizing the return. It's a fact. I'm sorry, you don't have enough environmental investment. Well, we don't think that's prudent right now. We're looking at the market. We're investing in technology, medicine, these kinds of things. And we think that's all good. The energy sector looks good right now. Consumer, like uh, you know, blue jeans and other things, these companies look good. And we're making objective decisions about what we're investing in. The funds are, sorry, where, where's your investment in, um, you know, in, uh, in environmental carbon credit, you know, yeah. recruitment? And it's like, wait a minute, you know, so you're forcing these fund managers to do things that they wouldn't normally do because a fund manager is agnostic about one thing. Do these particular sub funds and money make money? Are they going to make money? Because he wants to, he or she want to get a good grade for managing the fund. And ESG is forcing, they're calling it woke, that's forcing money managers in, into making decisions they wouldn't normally make for your retirement, your college fund, everything else. Sorry for the long answer, but this one, this one grinds my gears in a very big way. It de-optimizes what fund managers and money managers are supposed to be doing for Americans' retirements and 529 plans and things like that. By the way, like give you an idea, the highest, who do you think, what company you think in America has the highest ESG score? Apple. Alphabet, number Google. two. Yeah, Google, number two, Intel. Mm-hmm. Number three, Microsoft. Yeah. Number four, Salesforce. Number five, Bank of America, okay? I mean, you, you look at the names. Tesla has a low ESG score. Mm-hmm. They don't have a good ESG score. I don't know if you know what Elon Musk called uh, ESG. He came out and flat out just said ESG is a scam. Oh, right. wow. Yeah, he flat out said ESG is a scam, and they're using it as a way to manipulate. Shamat big critic of ESG, and he believes in climate change. Shimada's like, I'm a pro-climate change guy. I believe in climate change, but I believe ESG is a scam. So uh, uh, Musk tweeted, ESG is a scam. It has been weaponized by phony social justice warriors. They target people like Elon Musk. They target people that are not willing to bend. uh, Bend Yeah, Exxon is uh, rated as a top 10 best in the world for environment, (laughs) social governance by S&P 5, while Tesla didn't make the list. Think about this. Exxon. Exxon is top 10 best in the world for environment (laughs) and Tesla. Well, you know what that means? Here's the manipulation. So Exxon can go out there and buy carbon credits. You get points for that. They can go out and... uh, uh, do virtue virtue signaling by supporting you know you know local charities that are active on this, but meanwhile they're a fossil fuel you know manufacturer and processor, so you can game it. If anyone has ever been part of a company where you have a sales plan and you get a commission to do this and this and this, and it's not just a straight commission. There's a couple other incentives in it. Salespeople will game the plan, won't they, Pat? They're trying to find ways to go around and optimize. I don't know what it. you're talking about. I've never worked with them. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mean you, Pat. But I mean, come on. We, what do you we, mean, you people, Tom? I mean, what do you like mean, you, you people, Tom? Guys. Middle I understand what you're saying. I get what you're saying. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. No, no. It's anybody. I'm sorry, you people. When I meant that, anybody who's run a company or has run consulting or has run things like the Vault and everything that Pat runs, you know, you run into companies who are trying to run sales campaigns and do good things for their sales guys, and they say, "My sales guys just find ways around it." And I yeah. say, "Well." You need to think it over because the salesperson is going to find the best way to manage it. Well, guess what? Big companies are doing that with ESG. Virtue signaling and other kind of fake investing to get their ESG points. So if they score on ESG and it really had nothing to do, did anything really move the ball? So I'm with you. When Exxon's up there on that, you're like, how are you scoring this? And how did they play the game? And they got the points for doing it. 
maybe it's uh, you know a couple million to Bernie's campaign. And there's another 200 ESG points. It's probably I bet you if you peel this onion back, it's uh, it's some pretty nefarious, uh, pretty nefarious scoring system. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll see what's going to happen. Can I ask here. you about the yeah. much like kind of like the ter- the term woke wasn't always a bad term like. Five years ago, when it sort of came into the nomenclature, it meant like, all right, you kind of get what's going on, and it's kind of taken a life of its own these days. Now, if it's woke, you're, it's a bad term. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is, when ESG started, was it like, all right, it's sustainable investing, it's stakeholder capitalism, I, we're concerned about the environment, we're concerned about green energy, we're concerned about um, air pollution, clean water, you know, all these things. You see these companies, BlackRock, Apple, NVIDIA, PayPal, Verizon, Walmart, Hilton, like the list goes on and on. So what changed? Meaning like it, it initially it was a good idea. All right, let's invest in companies that care about communities or the earth or well-being, much like how woke was like, let's address issues that plague society and social societal issues. But at, at some point it's taken a turn for the worse. Like what Elon has said is like, all right, it's gone completely overboard. It's gone completely woke. At the end of the day, it, does it just come down to returns? Is that the problem? Is that they're no. so concerned yeah. with so, uh, social issues just, rather just than returns? Just think about what Elon just said. Exxon is top ten, and Tesla's not on the list. <laughs> so, so when you think about Exxon, what, what, give me. I'm going to give you a word. Let's play word game. Mm-hmm. Ready? I'm going to give you a word. You tell me one word that comes to mind. Let's Michael Jordan. Basketball. Go. Messi. Soccer. Neymar. Brazil. Trump. America. Biden. Sleepy. Sanders. So communist. Exxon. Oil. Tesla. Electric. Green energy. Green energy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, like, you realize, like, no. I, I don't know if, like. Yeah, no, I get it. So, 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 so the I same people on the left that are saying we should get away from oil give a top 10 to Exxon and the company Tesla who has created the movement mm-hmm. of electric cars to get away from using gas vehicles is not on the list just because Exxon has publicly said, I'm going to do good things, please forgive me, and Tesla says, yeah, we're doing good things. I don't want to publicize it, but this is how we're doing good things. But Tesla gets a bad score. This is hypocrisy at its best. And Elon is absolutely right in this Bingo. area. So, so, so do you understand the point no, I'm making here? I, I completely. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's why I'm asking where it went wrong, meaning the, the initial. This is where they went wrong. Right. This, 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 so, so it's kind of yeah. like this. Let me give you an idea what it means. How is, uh, uh, you know, the question about how credit scores, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, measured, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, how FICO. is credit score measured, like FICO scores? How is it measured? Like, hey, you know, Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, whatever, okay? Imagine you make all your payments on time. Mm-hmm. You make every single payment for your house, your rent, your credit cards, everything's on time, and you manage your credit well, okay? But, but you don't use a credit card by Amex because Amex gives XYZ amount of money to a climate change organization. Because of that, your credit score went from a 780 to 620. Now B of A doesn't want to give you a loan to buy a house. This is the best explanation I can give you mm-hmm. for what this is. The, the method of counting successful credit score, which is paying your shit on time, mm-hmm. has been manipulated on who you're not giving money to. Wow. How the hell does that make any sense? It doesn't. That's the best way to explain ESG. Wow. Does that make sense? Makes complete sense. And and so initially- people should get judged to pay things on time, not get judged for doing this. And Elon's making a good point. 
Yeah, you know who was also, uh, you, you brought up DeSantis, but you got to give a shout out to CFO of Florida, Jimmy Petronas, for highlighting this kind of stuff. He does emails all the time saying we're, what, defunding BlackRock? Is that essentially what yeah, they did in Florida? They also did it in North Carolina. But um, this is the importance of talking about these kind of things. I, I, I wasn't too, too, too familiar with ESG up until about, I don't know, six months to a year ago. Uh, but it's starting to be something that, it, why is it taken in these fund managers so I'll, long to I'll pull give you out. an idea. Like, I, I went to look at uh, different schools for the kids, okay? One of the schools, first 30 seconds, I said, so let me ask you, what is the top priority of the school? What do you think are the top challenges? What does the school think are the top challenges America's facing today? School says, oh, number one on the list is climate change. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's, that's number one on your list. Yeah, okay, okay. Not, not raising great kids. Now, not raising future leaders. As your school. Now, it's, it's climate change is your number one. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to send all my kids to your school. <laughs> Absolutely. They're going to be one. reading in the dark. Yeah, you go to another place. And, so, and I say, <laughs> so what do you think about capitalism? Hey, what do you think about this? So what do you think? Yeah, the number one issue is, you know, gender equality. Number one, inclusive. Number one is this. Number one is DEI. Number one, like, yeah. Listen, you're doing and saying things to please somebody rather than the priority is what kind of kids are you developing? Mm. Values, principles, leadership, all this stuff. That's what we value, right? So anyways, this is throwing a lot of people off, and I'm glad they're getting uh, held accountable right now, even though Bloomberg is coming out saying, yes, your community should push back, and you should get after them. Oh, you saw that article? Yeah, you know, man, you push back, back hard. You got to fight back hard. The PR press reacts to the attacks all the ESG people are getting. Okay, tough guy. Hard. Yeah, got it. You're right. Relax. While you're giving your, your level of hypocrisy and contradiction, good for DeSantis. This is another reason why people feel very comfortable that a DeSantis is not afraid to go after guys like Larry Fink. Love it. I love the fact that he's not afraid to go after guys like Larry Fink. Hold him accountable. Hold him accountable. Okay, so let's go to the next one here. Next story. Do we want to hit a Twitter? or Let's just do a Bill Maher story real quick. Let's yeah. do a quick Bill Maher story. A little bit lighten, lighten up, dude. Uh, isn't that a line from your comedy video that you did lighten with up, Batman? Lighten up, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see which one I'm going to. What page are we on? Okay, there we go. That's why they turn, that's why they turn into a bunch of hoes. <laughs> okay. I love that coming out Comedian of Comedian Bill Maher mocks people who are offended by everything. Comedian Bill Maher and Miss Pat, whose real name is Patricia Williams, mocked people who are offended by everything. People go crying, and they're ready to jump off a ledge at any little thing you say. It's the kids that we're raising today. They don't work for shit. We give them everything. That's why they turn into a bunch of hoes and be crying all the time. <laughs> Page <Pat>. eight. <laughs> Instead of being honest to kids, they want to pamper them and make the word easy for everybody. The world isn't, I cuss at my kids. And people say, how can you cuss at your kids? I said, because when they get into a real world and somebody says, F off, they won't fall off the ground. You know, uh, Mar is an absent, Mar is an uh, outspoken uh, opponent of cancel culture and uh, political correctness. In 2021, he said, liberals should stop catering to the people who just want to bitch. Uh, Tom, thoughts? Uh, I, I think he's. this is refreshing. This is absolutely refreshing. Catering to people that just want to bitch. It's one thing to have a point. It's one thing to move the ball forward on something important for society. It's quite another thing where you protest for the sake of protest because what you're really trying to do is 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 move things in, into power. And by the way, there's a direct line with this. goes right back to ESG of all these people bitching about stuff. And then it goes back and then their, their, their executional uh, lever of bitching is an ESG policy. 
I, I love this, and I think he's calling it, and Miss Pack is calling it. And I think there's a big thing in here about kids. Um, the BizDoc Babe is a teacher, and we have kids today that are treated differently and are too sensitive and are incapable of debate and she is dead on I, I don't necessarily cuss at my kids but I don't I don't cut them any slack uh, they they hear it from me when when things not right because no I don't want someone to challenge them or want to debate with them or anything like that in the real world and have them shrink back and be you know unequipped and unprepared yeah, Bill Maher, uh, I've said this before. I mean, that's my guy. Uh, if there's anybody that I think is just kind of nailing it these days, it's Bill Maher. I know that, uh, that obviously you're tight with Rogan, and that's sort of like who you think is on Goat Mountain. Bill Maher is on my Goat Mountain, and it's not because he calls out the right. It's also because he calls out the left. I mean, and who are we talking about right now? It's specifically, if we want to name names, the people that are doing the complaining are young people, Gen Z, who you know, are just kind of entering the real world for the first time and they're bitching and complaining and they haven't done anything yet. A lot, a lot of what you talk about are the doers don't have a voice and the complainers have a loud voice. These days, if you're 22 years old and you haven't done anything yet, you haven't built anything yet, you haven't even made any money, you haven't built a family, you haven't accomplished anything, it's so easy to bitch these days about everything that you're seeing in the world and all the plights that you're dealing with. The reality is, in America today, in America, this is the best, most amazing time we've ever had in our country as far as living longer healthier wealthier things are so good in america and you know just take a trip to other places in the world and then come back to america and see if you still have that same attitude but uh overall i think mar is just nailing everything these days and shout out to him and his writers because they're crushing no i mean because i actually know one of his writers that's on the on his real time with bill mar yeah. not know him like well but i've done stand up with him and I just, I mean, I respect him, uh, but it's just, the, do you think the shift is happening because he was so, he was just the Trump, you, that's all, to me, because I'm that's from what I saw in L.A., it was just every day was Trump, and like trying to be clever with the Trump jokes. Do you think that this is a shift because he's trying to still keep, because nobody's relevant. When the whole those Trump hating CNN, we saw what's happening with CNN. Do you think he's making that shift and he's being so anti, you know, woke and all that just because he, so he doesn't lose followers or he's no, always he, been this he, guy? he said that you know i haven't changed my positions have always been this it's been the left the the progressive left that has sprinted far left like he a lot of times he'll say this on his show i don't know how often you watch his show he says a lot of times fox news will praise me right or mm -hmm. or hannity will praise me or Tucker will praise me in, in the hopes that I'll come on their team. He's like, I am not on your team, yeah. okay? But I'm also not on whatever this woke ideologue situation is going on on that side. I mean, you saw the stats that he talked about with like that LGBT stat and how America's coming gayer and gayer yeah. and woker and woker. I think that at the end of the day, what we're talking about is just common sense. He's calling out the left. He's calling out the right. And we need more of that in this country, whether it's a Rogan, whether it's a Mar, it's whether it's what PBD, what we do here. Common sense will prevail. I, I think that's I, but, the issue. And I think my only thing is, too, not to bring up, not to cut you off, Tom, and I do not want to talk about Trump, but the fact that when uh, Dave Rubin was on his podcast and they spoke, he still can't admit, people like him, that really pissed me off, you still can't admit that what happened with the elections and all that shit was fabricated and it was all made up. None of them could just be like, okay, I was wrong. Because even Dave Rubin was like, come on, bro. Like, 
it's all Hillary and she paid and he, they're still like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. That's one, that's one thing I don't respect is admit when you fuck up. Admit, admit that you were duped. You didn't, you didn't start it. You didn't do it. Admit that everything that you said that you were peddling on your show and all these people, you, you lied. That's what we're talking about with CNN. I would respect CNN 1,000% more if just one day they just went, you guys, you know what? We, we messed up. Hillary did all this. She paid all this money. Yeah, we believed her, and we pushed it all on you guys. We'll move on. That's only that's the only reason I don't respect him. Uh, Do you watch uh, Bill Maher at all? Who are you talking to? You. I just watch his clips on Twitter. I, mm -hmm. I've never watched his show. Like, watch. I don't. What was it on HBO? HBO. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't, so I don't you're have not HBO. like a Bill Maher guy. I whatever he posts. Yeah. On on Twitter specifically Twitter. I uh, anything that all of a sudden pops up. Mm -hmm. First of all, I think he's a he's my style of a guy. Like, if we were to go out and talk and. Mm -hmm. Just shoot the shit. He seems like somebody you can shoot the shit with and entertain, have banter, conversations. He's that kind of a guy. I like the, I like how he is. But I, I kind of agree with what he's talking about as well. Uh, all I know is this this year, 2024, 2023, is going to be a rough year for a lot of people. I'm just saying. It's not going to be a good year for Fauci. Fauci is going to go from being the sexiest man on earth. <laughs> To a bachelor Scrooge. or somebody that no, I mean, he's going to be Scrooge at the highest level, like a Scrooge type of a guy. That's going to be. I mean, you should have seen his reaction when I said what I said about Fauci. It's as if I cursed out, you know. The, oh, to, to God. Rubenstein. Yeah, I mean, the it's Rubenstein. as if oh, you Rubenstein? know. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a scene you have to watch from yesterday's clip. Hmm. But uh, Fauci's God to a lot of people. He's not going to be God next year. He's going to be more closer to a fallen angel than he's going to be a God in 2023. Him, Hunter Biden. Uh, SBF. It's not going to be pretty can, this year. Can I say something about Hunter Biden? Yeah. This is crazy. So I watch SNL a lot. Yeah. Shout out to our buddy uh, Marcelo Hernandez. You know, I they did a bit, uh, a cold open this weekend. The guy that does Trump, uh, I don't yeah. know who he is. He, he's, he's actually really good. It's funny. And then they had um, Donald Trump Jr. come on. Uh, really? No, no, no. Not oh, real. Like, like, Jesus okay. Christ. And he talked about, hey, partying. And I said, you know what? Just for shits and giggles, let me put into YouTube SNL Hunter Biden. Because clearly there's going to have to be something that they've made fun one of joke? Hunter Biden. Yeah, one joke. It's crack, prostitutes, this. That to me was shocking. Not there was nothing about Hunter Biden on SNL. That is a layup for comedy. 100%. Like, you talk about comedians, like, layup jokes. Yeah. You, you tell me you can't do a bit about Hunter Biden smoking crack in his den, in the Get, basement. Getting money. Yeah, like, you can't do one bit on <laughs> SNL. That, that to me, is a, is a red flag. Uh, that, to me, is an opportunity for another company to launch Weird. a comedy channel mm. and recruit other comedians, Weird. which we're doing. Yeah. If you're That'd a comedian, you're a writer, you're improv, reach out to us. Uh, Valley Go to Val guys. If you are funny, genuinely funny, and you know people that are funny that can write, mm -hmm. act, do stand up, just overall genuinely funny people on Valuetainment Comedy. Well, we posted a video, uh, and in the description, there's a submission that goes to Valuetainment. We're looking for people. We have over. Put, put, just put the link of the submission yep, that's below. That's the submission in the, right there. Put it we, in the chat, uh, Rob. Not in the not in comment, but put it in the chat. So yeah, we have, and it. we already have at least 50 people, Pat. That we're going to start yes. picking people. So I it's, it. it's a, nice. we're going to be those people. Unique names with a lot of followers have reached out, which is uh, which is exciting. That's okay, great. let's go into Twitter files. Okay, let's go into Twitter, not Twitter files. Let's talk about uh, Elon Musk's poll mm -hmm. that uh, he did a couple days ago, talking about whether he should be replaced or not. And the votes came out. Uh, Seventeen point five million people voted. He said, you know, out of the seventeen point five million, fifty-seven percent 
showed that Elon should step down as the CEO of Twitter, which this doesn't mean he is no longer owning Twitter. It just means he's stepping on. He'll still be the chairman of the board. He'll still be the owner of uh, Twitter. He'll just have somebody else operate Twitter. And then a bunch of uh, talks came out. So Twitter, Musk, who could be the next CEO of Twitter? Elon Musk's poll this weekend asking followers if he could step down as Twitter CEO. Though he has ignored the results of the vote, in which 57% of he has not ignored, he came out and he said, I will be stepping down. I'm looking for somebody. There's a bunch of different names that are popping out right now. Uh, Sirium uh, Krishnan, senior director of product at Twitter a decade ago in 2020 when he was appointed as general partner of the influential tech and crypto investment firm and recent Horowitz. And this year he was taped uh, uh, by Musk to be part of his war room shaping Twitter into whatever it is now. Number two, Blake Masters is another name that's come up. After losing the Arizona uh, uh, Senate election in November, Blake Masters apparently wants to pivot back into original career path. One of the other guys who uh, helped run Twitter, some of the existing names, uh, there's even Snoop's out there, Jared Kushner's out there, (laughs) a bunch of different guys. Uh, Musk's fixer or his new favorite lawyer, a Mormon, and a former Morgan Stanley wealth manager, Musk's fixer, Jared Burkle, helped lock in the deal that allowed his boss to buy Twitter with billions in loans with Morgan Stanley. The head of his family office, Birchall, is also the CEO of Neuralink. Anyways, there's a lot of different names that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I, I, I want to address the tweet that you put out there. Yeah. Because uh, I, thought, I thought that was very interesting. You kind of threw your hat in the ring, and you, you kind of made a proposal right there. Um, what, what do you think the, the most important qualities of the new Twitter CEO should be? So first of all, here's what I did say. If you're talking about the tweet that I sent out, let me just read it so I can say exactly what I said. I said, uh, uh, because he asked, he said, uh, Lex Friedman asked, you know, uh, I'd love to come and work and, you know, do what I can. And then he responded and says, in order for you to do that, you would have to put your entire life savings in it. You you have to be all in if you're doing this. He says, I'm all in, right? Anyways, we're on a flight uh, to uh, Dallas yesterday or two days ago, Addison. We had a special meeting with uh, uh, some of our guys at home office. A very, very big meeting. Maybe the biggest meeting of the year for a couple people. And uh, we flew in, you know, on the way there. We're talking about this as a time. Uh, I think we can take this company to a trillion dollar valuation. What do you think? We start going back and forth. We're having a conversation. About Twitter you're talking about? Twitter, about? yeah. It's okay. me, Mario, and Tom. And me, Mario, and Tom, and uh, Sambel on the flight. And we're going back and forth on what we would do. You know, here's, we could do this, we could do that, we could do this, we could do that. And I said, you know what? Uh, the only person that I'm concerned about this thing would be Jen. And Mari's like, Pat, you got to talk to Jen about this before you make the decision. Your wife. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, even if we took this job, you know, it would be a job because it's a fight. Like, you know, hey, would you ever run for office? I would only do this because I see this as service. I don't see this as money. I'm okay financially. I see this as public service because the world needs Twitter to stay open the way it is right now that's annoying a lot of the people from the swamp who have been manipulating these guys the government was paying twitter nearly 3.4 million dollars the government was paying twitter 3. i don't know if you read the twitter files how much 3.4 million dollars they collected from the government to say hey move this hey do this hey do that they bragged about it in an email to each other okay so I said uh, to Elon, a guy asked me a question saying, hey, Patrick, would you ever take the job of being a, a Twitter CEO if offered? I said, yes, I would accept the terms Elon Musk has mentioned publicly with two other requests, salary of a dollar per year, a reasonable equity incentive beyond my life savings investment, and we would drive Twitter to a trillion dollar valuation within five years, 100% serious. Wow. And I got a bunch of different commentary 
uh, some DMs, some interesting messages that came out. But no, we haven't heard from Elon Musk. No, I don't have an interview in place. Some people are like, Pat has an interview. I haven't spoken to Elon. I don't have an interview. I've not spoken to anybody on this team. No conversation like that has taken place. But I do believe uh, 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 that this is a job that needs to be ran by somebody who is reasonable, somebody that can see both sides. We were talking yesterday. What skill set is very important to be a C-suite executive? Is it more hard skills or is it more soft skills? In a situation like this, I think this is a soft skill job. This is somebody that's got great soft skills to be able to work with both sides, yet Scott is a true believer that is not going to compromise values and principles. So for this position, he has to weigh out what he values more. Mm -hmm. Is it somebody that understands engineering more? Is that who needs to be? Or is that the CTO job, not the CEO job? Is it somebody that's a true believer of freedom of speech where they're not going to break, you know, compromise values? In front? Is that the number one value? Is it somebody that's good at communicating messages with both sides that can play a synergist? Is it somebody that's not afraid of being pushed and being criticized nonstop and public humiliation? What, what value does this CEO need to have to do that? It, whatever value is at the top for him, that's who he's going to hire. And I'm willing to bet Elon knows what five qualities he's looking for before he decides to give somebody this job. It has to be somebody that's ran a business before. It has to be somebody that understands how YouTube elements are working out, where YouTube's given 55% of advertisement to producers. It, it would have to be someone that can bring some big podcast names to be able to put on Twitter spaces, which is really doing well. That's a product that they can do a lot of things for. It has to be somebody that can bring a consulting space to experts to get paid. It has to be somebody that understands a bit of politics and gamesmanship. I, I think those are some of the qualities. I would if I'm him, but I'm not him. It's not my company. I would look at some of those qualities before I bring somebody in. With the current climate right now, with everything that's going on in Congress about TikTok, right? And I'm an advocate of getting TikTok the hell out of America. I agree. What do you think is the upside for Twitter? Because I think if you go through the top 10 um, social media companies, number one, Meta, number two, YouTube, Google, um, you go down the list, WhatsApp, Instagram's up there, Facebook Messenger, then you've got a couple Chinese companies, WeChat, TikTok. Um, at least according to these numbers, as far as, uh, what is it, monthly active users, Twitter's in top 15, meaning they're not even in the top 10 right now. Uh, where do you think Twitter could be in the next five years? Exactly what I think, a trillion dollar company. I think Twitter can really compete with everybody, and this can be the WeChat and many other things, but there's a way he has to go about it. You know, look, th there's certain jobs that are big jobs, but you don't get them because of just money. You have to have the itch for it. Certain jobs, you will be the most hated man in America is a job. Like Trump was the most hated man in America for a few years. He's no longer, by the way. I don't even think Trump's in the top three most hated men in America today. I think he's number one right now. Most hated you man. You think Elon? I think he's number one mm. above everybody right now. I think he's the most hated man in America. He's being targeted by the swamp. He's being targeted by mainstream media. He's being targeted by the left. He's being targeted by universities. He's being targeted by a lot of different people. They can't stand this guy. So now watch this. Anyone that takes his job, anyone that takes his job, mm -hmm. if you can zoom in is what he's saying to you. Yeah. Anyone who takes his job, Elon's job, will be a modern day. I know this is going to sound weird. You're going to be a Rupert. Murdoch type of a guy. Wow. Yeah. And and if you know like who Rupert Murdoch was, 
this guy was never loved except for people that worked with him and were part of Fox. The guy was hated for ever, okay? But he built a hundred, two hundred billion dollar company. I don't know the exact valuation of Fox. It's not a job for everyone, especially somebody that uh, 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 if, if you want to be liked, this is the last job you want to take. Well, I, you hit the nail on the head with Rupert Burdock because who did he appoint to be to run Fox News for Susan. multiple? No, no, he had uh, uh, Roger. Roger Ailes. I'm thinking Roger you're Ailes. talking about the current CEO. No, yeah. no. So my point is this: with uh, you bring up a good point with the Murdochs because I went and I I kind of went and saw who's running all these companies, with the exception of Zuck, right? We all know Mark Zuckerberg. He's running Facebook, Meta. The last thing you want with these major social media companies are household names. Right now, everything, the spotlight is on Elon. But if you go down the list here, okay, so who runs YouTube now? Susan Wojcicki? Like yeah. no, average person does not know her name. I, I can no barely even pronounce her last yeah. name. Who's the CEO of Instagram these days? Obviously, Instagram is owned by Facebook, Facebook and Meta. We know Zuck, but who's the CEO of Instagram? Who? We don't even know his name. His name is Adam Morrissey. Okay, Mosseri. All right. Mark Benioff owns Time. Jeff Bezos owns WAPO. You have all these, you know, whether it's social media or whether it's major um, news outlets, it's very low key. I I actually completely understand why Elon would, you know, throw his hat in the ring, bring in literally the kitchen sink, but then step away and then and then assign somebody to the CEO that isn't going to make the waves and the headlines here because ultimately it's not. It's about freedom of speech. It's about free speech. It's about the First Amendment. It isn't about Elon. I think. I mean, do, by the way, do you think he abides by these polls? How? No. Like, I think he does. Abides think, by them, but I mean, meaning he, like, if he does, he's like, he he reinstated Trump. He said, "Should I reinstate Trump?" They did it. Boom. So, how much credibility would he lose if he doesn't abide by no, these he, polls? He, 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 you seen the last CEO tweet right there yesterday. I will. I will resign as CEO as soon as I find someone foolish yeah. enough to take the job. After <laughs> right. that, I will just run the software and yeah. server teams. Meaning, I think he's going right. to abide by the fact yeah. that, that. Oh yeah, in that sense, yeah. I actually think I actually think he will. Tom, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, first of all, I think the world the world is completely confused by this, and to the ignorant lemmings that are out there screaming, "Oh, you know, he's going to leave. He's going to leave." He owns the company, people. Yeah. That's like my dad saying, okay, I'm not going to be the dad of the family anymore, but I am going to be the chairman and I still make the most money and I control where we go on vacations. <laughs> Great, but he's not dad anymore. He's stepping down. Fantastic. People don't get it. He's about to become chairman and he's going to run the software teams and all the things that he's really good at. And he's going to put a CEO in place that has those qualities that Pat talks about. There's new features have to come out. We need to attract talent to this. We need to attract user base to this. You need to be balanced on the political side of this. That's the job of that new CEO. And it's going to be a thankless job, a tough job for someone who's got the ability to come in there and do that. And then as you get the users back, look, it's 400. Oh, it's only 14th in the world, but it's 400 million users. If that doubles to 800 million users, I think it's number four or five in the world. So suddenly this thing is going to be right where we think it's going to be. I believe it's it's going to be a trillion dollar company and what you know Elon Musk is crazy like a fox and a lot of these critics are out there just finding something to do and they're being played baby they're being played he knows exactly what he's doing just yesterday you know it's crazy yesterday we're having a meeting and we're, we're thinking about doing something with LinkedIn how much was the thing that we wanted to do with LinkedIn oh yeah it was a uh, thirty thousand dollars for like unlimited 
recruiter access. I'm not you, asking what it is. I'm just saying how much was it? Thirty thousand. Oh, it's thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. So right. think about it. So LinkedIn has a feature where you pay thirty thousand dollars, right? Okay. So I, I think Twitter can allow people that are willing to spend that kind of money to get access to information that others are not going to have. There's so many ways to create revenues with this company. You know, the 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 saying goes. You know, where in a church, you know, first you bring them into the church, you baptize them later. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some churches that are small, they try to baptize people first, then bring them to church. No, hey, man, just come to the church. Like, you know what? This place is kind of fun. I like this place. We'll baptize you later. Okay. So Twitter is now bringing people to the church, which is Twitter. You're going to be able to baptize them later with a product. You're going to be able to baptize people to say, I'm going to spend money on this. I'm going to buy this service. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And by the way, you realize there's an element of like these video games, Candy Crush and all these other guys. One time I'm in Colombia with a couple of my friends, and one of my friends is like, six hours he's on the phone. I'm like, what are, what are you doing? So we're at dinner. He's like this. I'm like, hey, what, what is he doing? He says, oh, dude, he's so addicted to this game. He spent $5,000 yesterday on the game. What? I'm like, what? He says, yeah, he bought this, he bought that, he bought this. How do you think these games are becoming what? Huge. Multi multi billion dollar franchises, yeah. Angry because Birds it also. allows people to gamify. Mm-hmm. You know how many opportunities there is to gamify Twitter? Like you know how many? Like imagine if it says you can buy such and such for hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you can buy this for two hundred dollars, you can buy this for sixty dollars, you can buy that for seven hundred dollars. There's an element of allowing gamification for people to choose what kind of money they want to spend, and you would be amazed if people are spending four million dollars on a land in cyberspace or meta world, meta. just because this land is on a beach, you don't think there's some people that would be spending money on Twitter if you allowed them those types of opportunities where it gives them a unique you know, position or unique place? Like, how Total. much would it be? Well, I'll give you a perfect idea at our school. Think about this. When I say this idea, I want you to think about this. So my school, okay, that kids go to, there's a, uh, uh, what do you call it, auction, okay? I'm not going to give all my ideas. I'm just going to give some of them for people to be thinking about. We're at this auction. And the number one parking space for your kid to park, and I'm sitting there like, parking space? My kids are 10 years old. Nobody drives. Yeah. Well, okay, let me see where this thing goes to. Number one parking space where the kid can park here and walk right into their classroom. They don't have to walk 10 minutes. They will never be late. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, obviously I could care less about the spot because I don't have my kids that are 16. And it's like, all right, $5,000. I said, $5,000 is the start? This is not going to go past $6,000. 10. Oh, my. Wow. 15. <laughs> Holy shit. 20. 25. 30. Stop it. I'm like, be quiet. $35,000 for the one parking spot. Okay, let me ask you guys this crazy question. <laughs> How much is the real estate worth on Twitter when you log on to have the 10 people to your left to follow, follow the following people. How much is that real estate worth? Millions. Millions? Million. Wow. Are you freaking kidding me? It's that 10 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, are you, are you, like, imagine, go to, go to your profile, right? Who to follow? You have all that freaking on the right side. What the hell are you doing wasting that space? Wow. Let yep. me pay for it. Well, what is all this bullshit suggested stuff for? Let me pay for the top 10 uh, spot, the absolutely. number one spot. Wow. You know what I would sell the number one spot for for 30 days? How much are people paying for FTX Arena to have their logo there? $200 million. $200 million for 10 years. Dude, that's a, that's a $10 million a year position to have, and some people would for pay sure. for it. They would pay for it. 
There are so many ways for Twitter to make money. Mm -hmm. There has to be a capitalist that understands marketing and positioning to say, here's how we can bring revenues to uh, to Twitter. So you're going to need content creators like a Mr. Beast. You need Rogan. You need people like that that are coming on there. There has to be something with those guys. You have to bring humor. You have to bring fun. You have to bring the news guys. You have to give the news guys some kind of ranking, credit score. There's so many things you can do to make this the most popular website in the flipping world. But you need the right person to That's do it. That's a great idea. And this could be a trillion-dollar company. But anyways. I, just got I a think message. you just throw There's your a... hat in the ring. For no, a, I gave for... my ideas. Oh, I just, and I just got a message. There's a SpaceX uh, spaceship that just landed in the back. Elon's, in, <laughs> Elon's here. He's going to hire Pat. Yeah. I will say this. Yeah. The one person, we're all talking about Elon. The one person that he's not in the news, he's not in the headlines, but he's got just as much money as anybody, and he's just as competitive as anyone, is Jeff Bezos. Now you're starting to see rumors that like Amazon is developing their own TikTok-like strategy, stuff like that. Elon's got so many eyeballs on him; he can't operate. You know, he can't do anything clandestine at this point. No, hell no. Bezos, he's not looking to be in the front page of the news. He's not looking to be, you know, uh, all up in the mix, uh, trolling like like Elon. I wouldn't count out Bezos for anything at this point. No way. He, he's got his own space company. He's got his own newspaper. He's obviously Amazon. Uh, and now he's looking to compete with TikTok. Um, I don't know. Just Bezos is not in the news these days. But he might be. When, when, when you don't hear his name, just don't think he's not Bezos up to anything. Is doing, Bezos is doing other things. Bezos is doing other things. He's having fun right now. He's at a different phase. Let's do one last story before we... Kick it off. Do we want to do Kellyanne Conway? Do you we want to talk do... about Zelensky and his trip here? Um, not really. Do you want to talk about China's economy won't be number one? WSJ story. Do you want to talk about Wells Fargo? Tom, what do you want to talk about? Tell me what story you guys want to talk about. We'll go to it and wrap up. I was going to say the Kellyanne Conway. What is she doing going to dinner with with uh, Cuomo? I, I had I saw that and I'm like, is it just a photo op or like what? Well, I don't understand what the hell are they doing. Kellyanne She's married, Conway dishes on her eyebrow raising New York City dinner with disgraced U.S. Uh, ex-Governor uh, Cuomo. Donald Trump's former political advisor insisted Tuesday there was no uh, amour in the air as she had a private late-night meal with disgraced former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo at a famous Upper East Side uh, Italian restaurant. Italians prefer eating to Zoom. We would have invited his brother, Christopher, but it's unclear that he it's uh, uh, unclear that he eats carbs. <laughs> Uh, Cuomo is reporting uh, currently single, while the 55-year-old Conway is married to attorney and vocal Trump critic George Conway. Nothing romantic. I've known Cuomo family for decades. Conway said the dinner dinner's menu for discussion included how they both had podcasts with same company Quake Media and talk of various political issues on which they could find common ground. Huh? Like I, I, that just like just what a random. Crazy, like besides them, they're on the same podcast company. No, I have an opinion. What go with me here? Okay, I think uh, Trump is interviewing candidates for VP. He started looking at Kanye. All right, that's as crazy as it gets these days. Okay, he brought his boy Nick Fuentes. Mm -hmm. Now he's like, All right, who shocks the system as much as anybody these days? Andrew Cuomo. I don't know. There's a Trump play here. Something's telling me Kellyanne Conway is still in touch with Trump. For sure. She was his best flag carrier, no doubt. For sure. And believe me, the topic of Trump did come up in this conversation at dinner. And I don't know. I think Trump is still looking for a VP. And if there's anything that Trump likes, it's being in the headlines. And, you know, if Kellyanne Conway and 
Cuomo, the disgraced, handsy, touchy governor Cuomo, are having a, a meal together. You know Trump's name was brought up. Crazy opinion. Call it what it is. But I don't know. Wow. Trump's done crazier things. I, I, I don't know how to read it. Or, or it's just a couple <laughs> folks that run in political circles that have a respect for each other, perhaps, that just grab dinner over the holidays. They're not dumb. If there was really something romantic going on, they're not going to get seen at a restaurant like this. Neither one of them is dumb, especially what he's been through and what she's been through with George. Mm -hmm. I think there's a nothing burger. I think it was a couple of operatives having a discussion. I think Cuomo's far, far, far from the orbit of who could be, you know, VP. That's what I think. I think it's a nothing burger. I think, I think it's a Adam's fantasy. I think Adam, Adam wants to vote for Trump, but only if Cuomo is the only VP. Only if Cuomo of all like, people. That's the, people Adam wants to see very weird people yeah. in videos. That's the way he would be open to the idea. Yeah, I, I don't know if I think much of it, by the way, but at the same time, is she wearing a skirt? Uh, you know, <laughs> Or she, she's, she's wearing like a, a raccoon. I don't know what she's wearing. Dude. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, a good uh, photo of her. I, I, I'm a big fan of this, of, of her. She's yeah. a talent, man. Yeah. If there's, there's certain people you want to have on your side, she's one of them. So who needs this picture more, she or him? He does. Well, he, no he does. question about it. Yeah. So 90-10. So let me tell you, did he ask her, hey, can we go out to dinner? I just want to go out to dinner. I want to get a little... A little buzz in the press. I need to do some things. I'm trying to. No, she. No, I don't think so. Uh, Cuomo no. is not going to go quietly into that good night. There's he's there's going to be a revival at some point. I mean, yeah. Okay, he's not just going to be like, yeah, I'm disgraced. I'm out. I'm retired. He's. He's we single. have not seen the lot the the last of the Cuomos. Well, I guarantee that. I mean, his brother's back doing some podcasts that I don't know who's watching mm -hmm. it. But I mean, dude, is he is he? I know how many women came forward. Is he going to get in trouble? I mean, there's no jail. He's a he's a politician, so he's not going to go to jail. But how many how many staffers came out and said that he was sexually harassing and groping them? Was there a number? Enough to win a big election, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen. It's come down to the end. Uh, uh, we today wasn't planned. We decided last minute to do this podcast because we're not going to be together with you for a week. But uh, it's been a great run this year. I think we got a couple podcasts we'll be doing next week after Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then we have some big names that are coming up 2023. And some that uh, may shock some of you that we're working on right now. But a lot of interesting conversations are being had. I want to wish everybody that's watching this a Merry Christmas. If you've been with us from the beginning or you just joined the podcast a year ago or six months ago. Or you just joined us in the last month because somebody shared it with you. And you've shared this with others. When I run into you, wherever we are and we have conversations, it's uh, some of the best conversations. Hey, pal, let me tell you, PBD Podcast, Adam said this, you said this, and I don't know, I'm in the bathroom. People will say, <laughs> that one time there. So uh, we appreciate your loyalty. We appreciate you tuning in. And uh, we love the fact that you like the format that we have. I, I want to wish you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas. Enjoy it. Uh, have fun, enjoy the conversations, enjoy the meals, and then we'll do this again after Christmas, and then we'll get a chance to wish you a happy new year. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.